This episode of the Busted Wide Open podcast is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe sites, a no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better media host or looking to start a new one from scratch, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress Deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO, or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month free. And with that said, enjoy the show. This is Brody King, and you're listening to Busted Wide Open Podcast. You're listening to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling. With your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, but if this is your first time joining the show, I'd like to welcome you to episode 119. I'm Nick Howell. And proud to be aging better than Road Dog, I am Sir Ian Dangerous and <laughs> oh, welcome to man. the show. I'm hey man, I got love for the old dog. You know that, but uh, yes, welcome, welcome, welcome to the show. Uh, this is a bit of a slow week news wise until an hour from now when we will have some big stuff going on, and we will be talking about that on the show as well as everything that went on this week on WWE's Raw, SmackDown, NXT, and 205 Live programming. We had some shows from New Japan. Uh, we need to talk about some new beginning shows over in. Uh, uh, in Sapporo, had a had a New Japan show as well as Nashville. So we'll be talking about those later on in the show, as well as listener questions. But first, we got to do, do a little housekeeping, Mister Howell, if you would. Yeah. So as always, guys, come over and hang out with us in the Busted Wide Open discussion group on Facebook. Send us a join request; we'll get you right in. We've got our next group chat coming up for the Elimination Chamber pay per view. Uh, not this Sunday, but next Sunday, a week from Sunday. So you want to be in the group to be able to take a part of that. Got tons of people that are already signed up to be there. Really looking forward to it. You can also find us on Twitter at BWO Podcast, on YouTube at youtube.com slash C slash Busted Wide Open. Be sure to hit that notification bell so you're alerted any time we put up new content. And last but certainly not least, if you love our show and really want to show that support, and if you want to see Nick build a Nia Jack shrine behind the camera where you'll be able to see it soon when we go live again. Oh, I'm so excited. We need to get to 20 patrons first. We're currently at nine. Uh, you can go to patreon.com slash BWO. Sign up for one of our awesome reward tips, or hey, just just throw a couple of bucks in the tip jar. Uh, let us know that you love the show, because that helps us fund and keep this show going, and it motivates us, and it lets us know that you guys love us. I'm plenty motivated, but it that definitely does help. Yes. We get to eat. <laughs> I like eating. Eating is good. Eating is good. Well, Ian, as you mentioned, uh, not a lot going on, but there was still some stuff going on that's oh, going to no, have some ramifications. There's uh, plenty. There's plenty to talk about this week because we are well, a week and a half away from Elimination Chamber. So we we had a little bit of uh, setting everything up over in WWE. But before we talk about that, we got to go talk about the big news. What's been coming? The AEW ticket announcement for Double or Nothing is today, and it's literally going to be happening 
I'm in the middle of us recording this show, so we've put- 40, 45 minutes from now. Forty-five yes, so, minutes from now is when it happens. So we've put this together, and we're recording in a way that we can include those announcements at the end of this show. So tonight, in case you missed all of those announcements, you'll be able to get them right here on the show in the second half of the show in the world wide world of wrestling. It's going to be interesting because because your boy Mister Danger is going to be over here with some fast fingers trying to talk about things, give opinions while at the same time trying to write the show as it happens. So if uh, if I sound a little distracted at a couple of points, it's because I'm collating uh, info from this event that's going on while we are recording. So it's going to be it's going to be an interesting show today, Nick. Yes. But uh, but that's that being said, that is it. our we big news. It. Oh, it's totally going to get done. Oh, yeah. But uh, that being said, that is kind of our big news is that the AEW ticket uh, announcement party is happening in a very short amount of time at the MGM Grand Splash Pool. And so they're setting up stuff over there right now. If you've seen some of the pictures from it, they've got a little podium set up next to the pool. It's all very cute. Uh, There's lots of speculation as far as what they will be announcing, whether it's new signees. We already know some of the people that they may be announcing. There's probably going to be some surprises as well, as well as they might be announcing a TV deal and definitely the ticket information for Double or Nothing, which is happening May 25th in Las Vegas at that very same MGM hotel. Mm. So there's a lot. There's going to be a lot to talk about, but unfortunately we can't do it all in our big news segment because it hasn't been talked about yet. It hasn't been released. So our big news is now going to end right here and pick up later on in the show in the back end of the show in our wide world of wrestling segment, which means Nick, I guess it means we have to go talk about Monday night raw. Oh, Becky Lynch. They are they are stone colding the hell out of Becky Lynch right now. And it's it's a joy to watch. Um it, I didn't I wasn't sure if they were going to go down the path of really turning it into that corporate angle all over again, but man, they are doing it. Becky Lynch yeah. opened the show this week uh on Raw. Very surprised. Or no, it was Stephanie McMahon, I should say, to introduce Becky Lynch. But even in her introduction was interrupted by Becky Lynch's music as she came out. Kind of already sticking it to the authority, which I suspect we're getting back imminently. Yes, the the new era is more of the authority from what we're... we're, (laughs) They're back! But it's apparently what we asked for, according to what they're saying. Uh, Yeah, I'd I'd like to see that polling data. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I, I wanted to see more authority for sure. No. Uh, that being said, there, the big story of WWE this week is Becky Lynch. She was kind of the driving uh, storyline on both brands, uh, Monday and Tuesday. And the fact that she showed up on both brands really does play to the fact that they know that they have a hot commodity here. They want to get her on TV as much as possible. And the fact that uh, she's got storylines now that cross brands. So they actually have a, a bit of a fortunate a thing going on here where you can have this person be on both brands because she's promoting a match with someone on Raw, but she's still a member of SmackDown Live. So they can get have their cake, eat it too, give us multiple Becky stories, which is essentially one large Becky story, which is that Becky right now is still injured. Nia Jax pushing her off the stairs at Royal Rumble and messing up her leg. She was still able to win, but her leg is apparently pretty jacked because she just couldn't walk. On either show, she was limping around pretty heavily. Since you just referenced it, I wanted to call attention to something here. They actually showed a video replay of the moment where Nia pushed her off the stairs during the Royal Rumble match. And the, if you look at the footage and pause it, 
The, she grasps her. I said, and I said this in the chat oh, on yeah, the BW group. Yeah. She grabs her right knee, and that was the only time she did it because ever since she's been working the left knee. So it's I can't believe they showed that replay and kind of gave that whole thing away on uh, on Monday night. Well, you know, it's one of those weird things when you're an athlete. When you're an athlete at the top of your game uh, and your body is just a machine, sometimes your pain centers, uh, because you're pushing it down so hard, your pain centers will misfire. And so you think that you're actually feeling pain in one leg when, in fact, it's the other one that's screaming at you and it's just transferring because I- I'm just William Regaling some kayfabe here, man. Okay, work with me. Oh, All God. Right? Wow, just, you're reaching just here, go brother. With it. Just go with it. All right? So, she, no, she uh, – yes, obviously now she's working – the other leg, but that's it's it's whatever that happens from time to time. Look, the point here is that Becky is selling the crap out of her leg and she's refusing, quote, to go to the doctor and have it checked out, which caused Stephanie to suspend her because Becky wouldn't go see the doctor. Stephanie, trying to look after her employees, said, well, then I can't allow you to compete until you get cleared by the doctor. Now, this is calling back to the recent angle that they had at Survivor Series where Becky was, quote, not cleared because she, had a, she was under concussion protocol following getting punched in the face by Nia Jax. Right. But what I like, and this is actually something that I want to talk about more on SmackDown, it's also echoing things from Becky's personal past. And if you've ever watched her... Um, what was it called? It was a, a TV show that WWE produced um that they did a they did one for Becky Lynch where she goes into her history and her past and her real past her non-kayfabe past and talks about uh the things that happened to her in her career to get her where she was and and the big setback that she had when she was 19 and got concussed and it's kind of her uh her mental state and by the way the show is WWE Chronicle I just remembered um, so it's worth checking out because then you look at what they're doing with her with this angle and it's absolutely echoing some of that. And so it makes it very personal for her. It's not just this weird, we can't have Becky wrestle to WrestleMania angle. There's more layers to it here. And I'm, I'm curious if they can pull off the nuance of this because it could be really interesting. Yeah. But at the same time there, it does stink a little bit of Becky versus the authority, which is, not to me as intriguing because it's been done a million times. It's not as intriguing as Becky versus herself, if that makes sense. Mm, keep so, going. What do you mean by uh, that? Well, I want to talk about that more on SmackDown Live okay. because okay. Triple H actually brought that up more. Whereas on Monday, it was more about her getting confronted by Stephanie and Stephanie saying, I can't let you wrestle if you're injured. And Becky saying, you've never had to fight for anything. You don't know what it's like. You're a daddy's girl. Screw you. And when Stephanie suspends her becky smacks her in the face and attacks the crap out of her so um but then she was too injured to really get her so on one hand it's like stephanie's right you're too injured to compete like she's looking out for her uh her 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 workers or superstars but on the other hand uh it is still kind of this authority angle the weird thing about this is that becky goes backstage after that she's being let out of the building and ronda gets in her face and gives her another one of Rhonda's like weird, intense promos where she can't quite get half of it out because she's just being too intense. <laughs> and um, I called her. Uh, it's like, what was her? What was her finishing line? Take some Advil, bitch. No, Advil, I, and ice, Advil, ice and Advil, ice and Advil. And I was sitting there going, I wonder if she's gonna drop the Steve Smith line where he said, "Ice up, son." 
mm. or something along the lines of that. And then she goes, Close. Ice and Advil, bitch. And I, uh, that, ah! yeah. Yep. But she basically, but Rhonda had an interesting angle on this, and that was you're jeopardizing our match. It is our professional responsibility to put on a, a main event quality match at WrestleMania, and you're jeopardizing that. So stop being an amateur. So that was actually an inter- as much as it didn't come across as sympathetic necessarily from Ronda Rousey. It was an interesting tack to take. I thought. Me too. So I liked. I, I, I liked it. Frankly, I like her intense. I don't like her all smiley and cheery and high fiving. And I, I want intense Ronda Rousey more. But you know more, what? Please. I I actually like the juxtaposition. I like you know, that's one thing that I kind of I dig about Matt Riddle down in NXT is that he comes out and he looks like freaking Stifler and he's got these, you know, flip flops on. He's all stony and bro. And then he gets in the ring and a switch flips and he's utterly goddamn terrifying, you know, and that's, I'll call back to it again. That's a lot like Kurt Angle back in the day where he comes out. And he's this dork. He's this goofy three eyes, you know, say your prayers, eat your vitamins kind of, you know, heel face. But then he starts get going in a match, and he can kill you. So I, I I'm not mad at it. It's no. effective to yeah. me. You know, um, I, I do think that it's something that's it's fun because then when she does go crazy, it makes Ronda that much scarier. Yeah, like oh, where the where the happy chick go? Where the where the nice person go? Ah, don't care. I, ah. want, I want scary, terrifying. I will murder you, Ronda Rousey. Yeah. I, well, I we get it. we got that. But one thing before we talk about that, Ronda, which we did see tonight. Uh, one thing I want to talk about was how Stephanie, she's the corporate brand officer of WWE. That is not only her kayfabe position, but that's her real life position. She's in charge of branding everything. And one of the things she did in the show was constantly talk about how big Becky's heart was and how she's all about fighting against, you know, getting, you know, fight, fighting upwards and baby face and, and being the underdog, all this, whatever, all this stuff. Oh, Becky, you have so much heart. And on the one hand, I was like, ah, that's just her character. On the other hand, I found it a little bit grating, and it it kind of hurt the Becky character to me, where it felt like they were trying to brand it while trying to show Stephanie's character, if that makes sense. It, it does, yeah. I, I see where you're going with this. You know what I mean? Like it, it felt like Stephanie was trying to brand her by not trying to brand her by trying to brand her. It's trying to define something that doesn't need to be defined. It's already utterly clear to everybody else, but they're trying to put some kind of foil wrapper around it to dress it up like a Ferrero Rocher or something and just, you know, make it look like something it are, it, it isn't when it's already mm. been pretty clearly defined. Ferrero Rocher. Oh, they're so Oh, good. sorry, I got distracted. Got distracted. Uh it, no, you're you're absolutely right. It it is it's 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 putting a a a bow on a peacock. It doesn't need. It doesn't yeah. need anymore, man. It's a peacock. Like, it's got plenty to show off. You know. <laughs> yeah. You don't. And, and and that's the thing. Stephanie's job. This is why I'm I'm wondering. You know, if I'm getting worked over this or or what it is. But I know that Stephanie's character. But I also know that's her real job, and all she does is think in branding terms. And how do I brand this person? So. That's what worries me. And I'm like, lay off a little bit there. It's a little bit too much. But uh, again, it could just be me being oversensitive to it from Uh, years and years. I think a little bit for now. I'm not going to be upset until Stephanie tries to insert herself into the match somehow uh, between Ronda and Becky. Then then we'll have to have a tear the house down kind of discussion. But it's it's fine. Stephanie's fine. She's doing what what Stephanie do. 
Nick staying cautiously optimistic. Yes, skeptically speaking, optimistic. Speaking, skeptically, that's that's the one. Uh, so speaking of killer Ronda, Ronda, after yelling at Becky, comes out to the ring and has a match with uh, Liv Morgan of the Riot Squad, who's playing around and trying to have a good time, which does not amuse Ronda, who promptly murders her, murder death kills her, and then is like, anybody else? Are you not entertained? Anybody <laughs> else? You know, yelling at is the there audience no like, one Yo, else? is there no one else? <laughs> And, of course, Sarah Logan's game, so she hops in there. They actually have somewhat of a match because Sarah is billed as more of kind of the powerhouse of the Riot Squad. So they actually have a bit of a match. Ronda ends up tapping her out, too. I like where this was going. I got Uh, excited. And here came the part where Ruby Riot, after she protected her friends, jumped up on the apron, stared Ronda down, and then kind of went, nope, and went back down and and scuttled, (laughs) scuttled to the back with the Riot Squad and made her nice little heel speech about how her friends were hurt. She didn't, she, you know, she'll, she'll face Rhonda, but not right now. Her friends are hurt. Yeah. So a couple things here. One, do you think Rhonda was too aggressive at the audience? And two, when's this Ruby Riot thing happening? Yesterday, I hope. Um, I, I like that they didn't pull the trigger now. I like that it's something that they could maybe build for Fastlane uh, in six weeks, four or six weeks, whenever it is in March. Sure. Um, as an intermediary until to hold us over until we get there. I, I think I had said before that the the whole Liv Morgan and um, Sarah Logan tagging thing was the best thing that was going to happen to Ruby Riot because now she gets to go be a singles competitor. Here we go, folks. We're 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 going to get to see Ruby rocket strapped to her, get shot right to the top, and have a match with Ronda Rousey. I believe. I hope. But I, I'm glad they didn't pull the trigger tonight. I'm glad we didn't get physicality. Let's build it. Ruby's really good on the mic too when she gets a chance. So I'm looking oh, forward to uh, to those two kind of mouthing off at each other. Absolutely. They'll bring out the best in each other. And Rhonda is shaky on the mic, but when she's good, she's good. So I think that Ruby might bring out the best in her here. And I think that it would make a logical, you know, mid feud to go between uh, Elimination Chamber when we have the tag match with the women and WrestleMania because we can't, you know, we can have the build after Fastlane or whatever it is this year, Roadblock. Yeah. And uh, and that can be Ronda Rousey dispensing with the Riot Squad, right? Because that's a great way to establish that she's really strong is she can handle herself against Ruby and her two little minions outside the ring trying to interfere. My only concern is, is if they're trying to turn Ronda heel, which if they're not, it's, they're, it's happening anyway. Let's be utterly clear here. Ronda will be a heel against Becky at WrestleMania. We've already seen how the audience will boo the crap out of anybody who's against Becky Lynch. Yep. Even Asuka, as over as she is, people were like, well, we don't want to boo Asuka, but boo! Boo! Becky, we love you. How, you know, what it, do, are we going to see a turn from Ruby Riot? Is she somehow going to no. stand up against the, the other two girls? Or uh, how do we, are we so we're going to have a heel versus a heel kind of thing? Or is Ronda just going to work face? Is that what I we're doing? I don't think it's going to be that black and white. I think Ronda will stay quote-unquote face, especially against Ruby. But I think that as we get closer to WrestleMania, it's going to become more like badass against badass. I don't think it's going to be as black and white as Ronda's now a heel. I think she may, you know, against Becky, people are going to boo her. That's that's the bottom line. Yeah. She's going she's gonna to get booed at WrestleMania. if She, she got Becky. booed last week. She got booed out she of the got, building. She got booed so hard she lost her entire plot last week. Uh, but this is this is kind of what I'm saying is she's going to get booed. I don't think they even have to build her as a heel. They just keep her Ronda Rousey. Angry badass Ronda Rousey, and people will boo her. But you don't have to turn her heel to do that. She's just going to be booed right. against Becky Lynch because right. everyone wants Becky to win. Yep. So I, I, that's, that's kind of where I think about that. 
Uh, moving on, Kurt Angle was back on Raw this week. My boy, Kurt, and he had a he had been billed as having a special announcement this week, and he came out and gave I, I thought a really nice speech that was heading towards retirement. He was saying that you know he could uh, he he believed in the three eyes. Um. That he was, you know, he was a new father to Jason Jordan. That he just found that out, which everyone laughed at. I love that everyone laughed at that. But uh, he said that there was one thing that one opponent he couldn't beat, even though he's beaten everybody. There's one opponent he couldn't beat, and that was Father Time. And right as it sounded like he was about to retire, goddamn Baron Corbin came out to pour some cold water on the party. And uh, my God, people were booing Corbin after this speech by Kurt. And he's just smiling and laughing at him and just eating uh, it up. It's so perfect. It's so perfect. I'm sorry, but anybody who's genuinely annoyed by Corbin, you need to understand that's how good he is. He is that good of a heel that he's (laughs) getting you to hate him because he is wonderful at being just such a smarmy, shitty heel. And it's, it's, it's so fun to see. I always crack up whenever he comes out and everyone loses their mind at him. I'm like, yes, that's good heel shit right there. But... Corbin wasn't the only person who came out. Drew McIntyre came out as well. The two guys basically who've beaten Kurt the most recently came out to basically piss on his party and tell him, yeah, you should retire or we'll retire you. And so as they're about to get in and jump Kurt, who should come out for the save but Braun Strowman? Yep. Who also has some beef with McIntyre and Corbin. He chases them off. We've got a little scuffle. And uh, a main event is booked for the night. Baron Corbin and Drew McIntyre versus Kurt Angle and Braun Strowman. Uh, first of all, before we get to that match, I just want to ask you really quickly. Are you happy with how Braun Strowman is being used these days? Because you're, you're a big old Braun Strowman guy. I am, and I had big plans for that dude uh, at the end of 2018. We, we saw a lot of things coming uh, that we... Normally would not have expected. Then with the whole limo situation and the match getting revoked, I don't think we still understand what truly happened there, whether it was a continuation or more time to heal his elbow surgery or whatever Whatever happened. I, I've, I don't have a full understanding. So what is he doing now? Tag matches with Kurt Angle. But here's, here's the thing. It wasn't just that he had a tag match with Kurt Angle. And the match was fine. And Kurt looked good. They were both hot tagging in. Yeah. It, was, it, was, it was fine. It wasn't anything to, that was that memorable, but it was fine. But the weird thing was, at the end, uh, Strowman wasn't the legal guy. He was in the ring. Ref telling him to get out, saying, if you lay hands on Baron Corbin, I'm going to disqualify you guys. And Strowman just went, cool, and clocked Baron Corbin and got his team disqualified. Once again, making him look kind of like an idiot. And this has been my continuing complaint about Bear, about Braun Strowman is that they continue to book him like a guy who it doesn't it, well, it's not like he just acts without thinking. It's like he doesn't have the ability to think, or he, you know, or, he or he doesn't care. I think is that I, I, that's the way I take it. It's just like I'm out here to whoop some ass. I don't care about you and your stupid rules. So, but I, the problem was the way that this went down. It made it seem like he was thinking and considering. And then just like, I don't care. But that makes him look dumb. Do you know what I mean? Like, I do. I do. I just, I can't stop laughing at that sound you just made. I'm not sure what that was. Uh, I don't even recall what it was, but I'm, I'm Braun Strowman and I, I, I tip over things. Yeah. 
That's kind of where he's going with me in my head. That's kind of where his voice is. As opposed to this kind, you know, the big thing that he does. He's starting to sound in my head every time he says something like, "Oh, Mr. McMahon, I tipped, I broke your limo. I'm sorry." <laughs> it's a bit Magoo. <laughs> uh, he's he's starting to act a bit Magoo, and it's it's irritating because this guy was one of the most over guys in their company last year, and the magic is kind of starting to fade. Like it's it's like his mystique is starting to go away a little bit by making him look a, a bit doofy. You know what I mean? It's one thing if he's just backstage tearing shit down because he can and leaving a pile of bodies and wreckage behind him, but this stuff in a match makes him look like he's an idiot. And it's, laughing it, it, and cutting up with Kurt after they just got disqualified in a match and hugging it out and all that. Yeah. I was like, mm, shouldn't they have cut the cameras off before they did that stuff? Or, or have them win. What's the? I mean, I understand they want this feud to continue, but I don't understand why they had to DQ them. Yeah. Or if you had to DQ them, if they had to be in such a way that makes Strowman look like a, a thoughtless guy. You know, it's one thing to make him look like a monster and just... But if you having him, like, stop, listen to the referee, and then go, nah, I'm good, and just go into Corbin, it, it's not the same as the ref being unable to stop him. You know what I mean? It's a, it's a fine line. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a slim distinction. But it's something that just... It, it irked me. So do you see this being a match, uh, a redemption match of sorts to close out Angle? Are we going to do this at Chamber, or is this going all the way to Mania? I, I just can't see this lasting all the way to WrestleMania. I can't either, unless they're building towards Strowman and McIntyre, which would be a WrestleMania-level match, I think. Um, I, don't, I don't know what Kurt plays in that. I God, I hope we don't see Kurt Corbin at WrestleMania because that does not sound like a WrestleMania match. Nope. Um, but it does seem odd that they would have Kurt go out in such humiliating fashion to both Drew and Corbin back to back and not give him some sort of redemption. It certainly wouldn't be the first time they've done something like that where they just toss aside a, a legend, a veteran, but uh, and, get, and have him get new guys over. I'm fine with the concept of getting new guys over, but on some level, I think Kurt, of all people, needs to keep some level of dignity. And I don't know that this match got it back for him, so I don't know that this story is entirely over yet, or rather it shouldn't be over yet. It might be. But at the same time, I think there's there's more story to tell here with Kurt. Well, so I'm, I mildly disagree with you because I'm kind of over it at this point. Well, no, I, I, I think there's more like, story I, to tell. I, 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 don't want it, they, I don't want there to be any more. I want it to be done. Right. Like, get but, out of the way. Then, then let's hope that they end it at Elimination Chamber in some sort of nice redemption moment for Kurt, and then we move on and we go on to like Braun versus Corbin versus McIntyre in a handicap sure. in a cage at WrestleMania or something. Okay. I don't know. Just throwing it out there. Uh, speaking of WrestleMania matches, uh, you've heard me say last week that Finn Balor and Bobby Lashley for the IC belt will be happening at WrestleMania. I'm guessing that now based on what they're doing because this week we had more business between Finn Balor and Bobby Lashley. Finn is still, quote-unquote, injured from his Brock Lesnar match and injured from the beating he took from Lashley last week. But this week, he didn't get Lashley. He got Leo Rush. And I... This was... It was fine. It was a fine match. I wish Finn hadn't been kayfabe injured during it because it became him trying to fight upwards against Leo Rush. And it didn't let Leo show off a lot of his craziest moves and it didn't let Finn show off what he can do in the air either so it was a little bit underwhelming given what we know it could be well finally but Finn it, had somebody that was smaller than him to fight yes exactly and they even mentioned that on commentary was yeah. he's finally fighting someone his own size so 
Nice of you to be sizest there, Nick. Oh, well, as, excuse as, me. It's okay. We all know you like the big boys. Right. So it's, it, you, have a, you have a thing against the little ones. If, uh, if you didn't know everybody, if you're just new to the show, Nick likes them thick. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty much, that's the, that's the general rule. If they thick, it's all for Nick. I like the hosses. You like the hoss boys. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So, uh, well, I mean, that, it does make sense. You do look like a small Hanson. You look like Hanson's first form. From NXT. You kind of do. With a big beard right now, Like you're like Hanson's first form with more hair. Yeah, I need about two more years to, to reach the gloriousness that is his beard. Well, you know, you've got to train more, young Padawan. Yes. And one day, one day you, may, you may achieve such glory. Start taking keratin supplements. Such glory. <laughs> vitamin A. <laughs> yeah, we'll be, we'll be doing live shows. You'll be dressed up in Viking regalia. It'll be hilarious. So Finn, Finn versus Leo Rush. Uh, again, Finn did pick up the win here, so finally Finn gets a little bit of, of his love back. Beaten down again after the match, though, unsurprisingly. Lashley was sent away during the match, came back afterwards to beat him down. Uh, here's the question. I think this is going to WrestleMania. Do you think they can draw this out another two months? With it, uh... Through two more pay-per-views, two pay-per-views all the way to WrestleMania. Can they drag this out that long, is... or am I wrong, and this is going to be something else at WrestleMania? I think there's going to be something else at WrestleMania. I would not be surprised if Finn Balor went into WrestleMania as the Intercontinental Champion defending it against someone other than Bobby Lashley. Hmm. I think I think Finn is ultimately going to win the championship. Um and you know it's it's difficult to 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 say that stuff because I I want to see Bobby Lashley succeed. I want to see there be more people of color included. Well, you know, we are in February. We are in Black History Month. There was an article I read this week that came out. Somebody did some analysis on uh, people of color and minorities that have been included in championship matches and WrestleMania events and all that. And it really gave me some perspective that I had never had before. So my gut tells me that that they're going to drop it to Finn way before WrestleMania, if not next weekend. So that he can carry it, he could carry it all the way to WrestleMania and have people chase him for it. Uh, but I, I, I'm not a hundred percent sure that Bobby Lashley can carry this belt all the way to WrestleMania. I guess we will find out because uh, it's going to get close, and I don't see a whole lot of title changes before WrestleMania. So that's that's really the big question. There's also rumors that Finn Balor will be taken to 205 Live. Uh, apparently, someone from WWE or someone, excuse me, someone from. Uh, Someone from the, an online uh, news source listens to you, Nick, and is putting that out there. Who knows how reliable? I don't know how reliable that rumor is. I think it's I'll, ridiculous. I'll use the old. I heard from a source. A source <laughs> informed us yeah. that rumors are that uh, Finn Balor's creative plans have been leaked, and that he will end up at two hundred five live post mania. <laughs> uh, it, it's a little a little bird told you and right. i mean literally a little bird because it makes about as much sense as some random chirping this, this is into not a little live. bird yeah my uh, well uh, here's the thing it's not ringsidenews.com for it to I be can't, clear <laughs> i can't imagine that this that they would put him to 205 live because of the equity that he already carries as a main roster guy and also the fact that 205 live still is kind of a wasteland it's got some good stuff but frankly the the programming has been Fine, but nothing amazing recently. They may want to try to goose it with Finn Balor, but I think that's spending a big coin on a very small car, if that makes sense. So, uh, pardon the pun. There, there's also but, part of this that I believe is completely photoshopped, and it's just meant to poke at people. So, absolutely. I'm, I'm going to enjoy the ride while I can and just poke at everybody else too. So, 
Enjoy oh, you've it, been, guys. You've been poking at me with that Finn to 205 crap for the better part of a year. Yep. And uh, I, I can't wait for him to take the, the IC belt at WrestleMania and shut you up finally with this thing. He'll have it before Mania. Oh, my God. So moving on, we had another moment of bliss with Alexa Bliss. The first one that was somewhat entertaining, actually. Oh, is that because Nia Jax came out and interrupted again? No, 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 no. Because oh, we, we got oh. to see EC3 finally, except they didn't well, we let him do him. the one thing he's good at. <laughs> we got to see him. <laughs> he's pretty good at posing. But uh, yeah, no, they had EC3 come out, and he was Alexis's, Alexa's guest. Uh, and he just kind of sat there while she was really, really heavily flirting with him, which was uncomfortable. Yeah, and then was. out comes Nia Jax and Tamina, uh, at which time I heard a, a faint sound, which I think was the sound of you screaming from 1,500 miles away. <laughs> and uh, uh, as Nia Jax sat there and, and was uh, genuinely annoying, out came Dean Ambrose to get in, uh, in EC3's face and run off a couple of, of scintillating one-liners. For, for no reason, really. Like, why is Dean Ambrose out here? I guess, uh, well, I know why he's out. We know why he's out there. You know, he, he's going to be the one that puts over the nude guy. So. Well, and this is this is kind of how it ended up. But here's the thing. Yes, it did end up in Dean and EC3 having a match. Dean challenging EC3 and EC3 accepting. And they went down and had a match. And EC3 did win on Dean with a, with a roll-up. Uh, so he won his first match over a former multiple... A Grand Slam champion. Multiple title holder yeah. in WWE. So Dean Dean obviously putting the boys over on the way out. But here's my, here's, here's my issue with it, is that this whole segment didn't actually do anything for EC3. I don't think just because he beat Ambrose, he has any more heat on him because Dean burned into the ground on the microphone before the match with lines like, you're EC3, huh? Where's EC1 and EC2? Uh, call, call it, he, he asked if he was a Creed fan. He said, he looked like, you look like a mute Chippendales dancer, to which they didn't have EC3 respond, which, by the way, as you said, he's really good at. He's really good at talking on the mic. They just had him kind of stand there and roll his eyes. So this didn't. This to me didn't get EC3 over. I mean, th- this made him look like a goon a bit. And there's a reason why people were chanting for Ambrose in the crowd during this match. It wasn't just because the nostalgia factor and they're sad that he's leaving. It's because he was way more likable and engaging and charismatic in this whole entire segment than anybody else, Alexa, Nia, Tamina, or EC3 all put together. Well, that's not the only thing the crowd was chanting during this match. Oh, what else did you hear? Uh, to AEW. <laughs> <laughs> they tried to mute those. Because everybody in WWE now that it has any sort of controversy or uh, you know open contract situation is automatically going to AEW. That's that's just life now, right? That's that's just what we're that's that's what we're going to hear today in about half an hour with all these announcements is the entire half the roster of WWE is going to AEW. No, no they're yep. not. Yeah, this is a very different animal from when we had the Monday Night Wars and the you know only like the deepest of fans on the dirt sheets would have any idea that something might be happening. But now everyone's on social media just going like, "What? Who said what? He was he raised an eyebrow backstage. He's going to AEW." <laughs> exactly. So, no, it's it's going to it's going to be a lot of fun, but there's definitely going to be parsing through a lot of noise, especially for you and I on this show trying to figure out what's real and what's just madness. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, EC3, I'm not entirely sure that he was off to a good start here. In fact, I think they were trying to make Dean look like a goofball on the way out, and it didn't help because it made us remember what we liked about Dean in the first place. Yep. It's like, oh, yeah, remember this, Dean? This is the one we liked. This not is the, the one you should have been okay. using two months ago. Ah. So anyway, 
Um, one final question I had about the segment. Yes. Are they are they actually actively now trying to write Naya to troll you? I think so. With the way that she's talking and coming out with the with the coughing on the mic. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh man, I, I just I can't. I literally can't anymore, guys. It's 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 beyond and and uh listener of the show Jared uh posted a great compilation that I finally, you know, sucked it up and watched of all of her Bocce crap. Somebody put a great together a great YouTube video. I highly recommend, but to see it, you need to either go to YouTube or you can find it in the busted wide open discussion groups. Come on and join us. It's only a minute twenty two, is not that many botches. Uh, just for, I, <laughs> hey, uh, if do we I need to, to go dig my statement back up again from if we get from to November? fifty patrons, <laughs> tell everyone you know to join up on our on our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash BWO. If we get to fifty patrons, twenty uh, Nick fifty. 50 patrons, oh. 50 patrons, Nick will change his text ringtone on his phone to Nia Jack's coughing. Uh, so moving on, we are, uh, we're going to talk about Elias next. I see you shaking your head over there. It's happening. Uh, <laughs> all of these rules and stipulations and, and promises are coming out. It's all to help the show. Nick, it's all in service of the show. If we get to uh, 50 patrons, I will, I will make Nia Jack's coughing Laid in a, in a dubstep remix, which if you know me, you know I hate dubstep. Uh, I will remix her, myself, her entrance music with her coughing into a dubstep remix and put that as my ringtone. When we get to 50 patrons. <laughs> I will do that remix myself. That sounds glorious. Uh, Elias had another segment this week. He, uh, he had a match against Jeff Jarrett. Uh, it's actually the longest time between matches on Monday Night Raw for a single superstar, uh, between the last time Jeff Jarrett had a match and between now, so that's kind of cool. Uh, Road Dog was cornering Jeff Jarrett as well, so that was a bit of a nostalgia moment as well. Jeff Jarrett and the Road Dog officially back together now. But uh, this is kind of weird. I'm not sure how I feel about this. Elias is back to being a heel. No one's still really on Jeff Jarrett's side, so it doesn't really have a whole lot of heat either way. Elias ended up winning this match with the drift away clean as a whistle and then uh, laying out Road Dog as well. We know that he's got a match with Road Dog next week. So here's the question. What is the ultimate point of having Elias face off with a nostalgia music act like Jeff Jarrett and Road Dog? Here's the actual question. What the actual F is this whole thing? Like you, you, you were on a path with Elias for the last almost year where he was so over. Could have been both either way, you know, good or bad. But he was so over with the crowd and frankly still kind of is. But what are you doing? Who gives a shit about Jeff Jarrett anymore? He's a legend. He's in the Hall of Fame. Let him be there. I don't need to see his 1993. It's kind of a singlet with pants, but I don't know what that thing is that well, he wears. Well, thank God this week it was just the trunks. And sure. he, he, wasn't, he wasn't wearing the full thing with the strappies going up that he had the Royal Rumble, which looked God awful. But what even is this? Okay, I, so this is this is what I this is what I've found in trying to research why they're doing Elias versus Jeff Jarrett. Jeff okay. Jarrett's come out. He has said that he believes in Elias. He thinks the guy already has all the pieces. He's got charisma. He's got uh, the look, and he's got you know uh, a good character and the rest of it. But he felt like what he didn't have was a signature feud. And so, in Jeff Jarrett's mind, that means well. I guess if he wants to have a signature feud, there's no one better to feud with than old Double J. I'll get him over. Yeah. Because, which is, which, yeah, exactly. I think you're, I think you see where I'm going here, yeah. which is that, uh, 
someone has to tell Jeff that he hasn't really gotten anybody over in years. It ain't 1995 <laughs> anymore, brother. Well, and he had a couple of, of bright moments in TNA, but they were just a couple. And, you know, I think, I think that arguably he would have more misses than hits. And I, and I will fully, I will come out and admit, not a Jeff Jarrett fan. Um, so I'm a little bit biased and probably predisposed to be negative about it. Uh, I, 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 I'll put it this way. I appreciate the intention. I don't know entirely how selfless it is because it's definitely a way for him to get back on TV and remind people who he was and get some action and, you know, get back into the spotlight. But at the same time, you know, I, I appreciate that his intentions are supposedly to get Elias over. And that's the kind of the point they're trying to do here. Okay. Now, whether or not it's going to get Elias over is another whole level of speculation. I so. don't think Elias needed this at all. I think it's it's actually going to be a detriment. And if you wanted him to have a signature feud, there's plenty of talent on the roster. There's there's almost a hundred dudes on the roster that you could have him have some kind of feud with. And he's and had tried. feuds. He's had him with tried. Braun Strowman. He's had him with Bobby Lashley. Seth Rollins. Seth Ben Balor. Like he's had a couple of he's got a couple of solid ones. They just didn't run them for that long. Right. They, was, they didn't part run of the them problem. long enough for them to mean anything or be signature feuds. Correct. And you have to establish him more as being a wrestler and a fighter above his, just his music gimmick. Um, you know, even even Jarrett and Road Dog back when they were doing uh, you know, My Baby Tonight, whatever that song, you know, it's the, all the time there was a lot of wrestling involved as well. Yeah, sure. So there's got to be some times when Elias doesn't come out and do the Elias bit and he just comes out and wrestles. You know what I mean? So there's there's a, a level of uh, beyond just the gimmick that they have to establish with Elias for him to have a feud that people will invest in. They have to know more about him as a character as opposed to just the guy that comes out, runs down the crowd, plays a few notes, and then you know has a, a, an under-10-minute match. I, I want to see, see him answer a U.S. title open challenge and win it you know, against a Rusev or something like sure. that. Or a, I, an R-Truth. You know, sure. You know, I, I want to see something that actually means something. This means yeah. nothing. This, I, this I is. Agree. This is self-interest on Jeff Jarrett and Road Dogg's part to get on TV and go, hey, guys, remember us. Weren't yep. we awesome? Yep. So uh, so that's that. We also had the uh, one of the final, I believe it was the final, Monday Night Raw uh, Elimination Chamber. Qualifier? Tag team qualifier, yeah. yes, for the women. We had the uh, very interesting team of Alicia Fox and uh, Nikki Cross facing off against the boss and hug connection. Oh God, I just said it. Bailey and Sasha. So did Sasha um, backstage. Oh, oh, I hate that name. But uh, so this was, so I, there's an aspect of this that I like. I like the fact that Nikki Cross established why the two, why she and Fox are together as Fox is also crazy and she understands the chaos. And as a result, Nikki kind of led her and Fox in beating the crap out of Bailey and Sasha before the match even. And then Bailey and Sasha had to fight upwards. Sasha was out of the match for most of it because she's apparently nursing some sort of injury that won't affect her elimination chamber, but kept her from going 100% this week. Um, but uh, hopefully she'll be okay at elimination chamber. We don't know what the nature of her injury is. But I did like the fact that I, I felt like the the Nikki Cross and Alicia Fox thing, it, it diminishes uh, Nikki a little bit to have her with someone who's not sanity. But it didn't not work for me. I don't know. How was it for you? 
I all I can think about every time I see Nikki Cross is where is sanity? What what happened? Yeah. That's actually the hashtag that they've been putting. Like the Killian Dane has been having on Twitter is hashtag where is sanity? Because um, you know I, I would not. I think I've said it before when they were first calling those guys up. If they ever bring Nikki Cross up, they better strap her to sanity and make them because they'll be they'll be Selena Vega as, as she is to to Andrade. Or so, vice versa, but either way, yeah. they're going to enhance each other. Absolutely. So I, yeah. I want all of the I want the faction to remain the faction, splitting off Nikki Cross and pairing her with Alicia Fox, who hasn't been relevant in ten years. I, come I disagree on, man. with that. I disagree with that. I think I ah. think Alicia Alicia has been more re- is more relevant in the last two years than she has been in ten years. She's actually been uh, doing a lot of work and pretty good work too. I think. But uh, moving on, we also speaking of which Bailey and Sasha did pull up the win on that. Uh, as an underdog, so that we, as we predicted, we knew they were going to be in this tag match. So, yeah, uh, we also had speaking of tag teams, we had a tag team four way for the number one contendership: uh, Heavy Machinery versus the B Team versus the Lucha House Party versus the Revival. Sounds like something we saw on SmackDown recently, Nick, doesn't it? Mm, yes. I mean, if you're going to take cues from SmackDown, the tag division would not be the worst place to start. No. Just weird that they had Heavy Machinery on both brands in this match. That was uh, Heavy Machinery getting two shots at two different titles. I wonder let's, what let's the, see what they where they work better. Wonder what the jumbled logic is there, but and, and I, mean, and I did, didn't get to watch this because they didn't put it on the Hulu edition. So. Oh, you thick boys, you thick, you thick boys. Well, they did pretty much the same thing as they did on SmackDown. They got a bunch of their moves in, of course. Didn't didn't get pinned. Looked strong. Uh, ultimately, uh, the revival pinned Bo Dallas for the win, and they're going on to the number one contenders again against Bobby Roode and Chad Gable. They actually had an interesting backstage bit where they talked about the, quote, internet rumors about them and said they're not going anywhere. They're leaving Monday Night Raw as the tag champions. Mm. So that it's, it seems like they're doubling down on themselves, and that uh, promised push that we heard rumored about seems to be happening for the revival. So. Fantastic. Yeah. Also, speaking of getting a bit of a revival, Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins have a little love fest backstage and and say, you know, Kurt, Kurt saying, Zach, I don't want to bring you down. I'm kind of a loser. I never win anything. Zach saying, dude, I get it. I'm a loser, too. They even misspelled my name last week. Like, it's, it's tough to be us. Let's work together and try and redeem each other. That was kind of cute. Uh, we had Dana and Natalia had a little bit where Natalia apparently wasn't listening to Dana apologize profusely for being mean last week. And then when Natalia continued to give her the silent treatment, Dana got really mad, challenged her to a match next week and stormed off. At which point we realized that Natalia had her earbuds in the whole time. I can ah. think of worse. I can think of worse ways to start a feud. This was kind of funny, but you know, it's also, it's, it's pretty fluffy, pretty light, but yeah. Dana and Natalia, a couple of Haas chicks. I'll watch that. I'll probably be, I'll probably be fun all day. Uh, Paige had a return appearance to a huge ovation until people realized she was just there to plug her movie and, and went from being like, Hey guys, Paige here. And here's my movie trailer. Thanks. Bye. Yep. And that was it. Uh, and hey, finally, you know what? all hate aside, it made it to Sundance, which is really, really, really hard to do. And uh, it's getting good reviews. And it's getting great reviews. And yeah. it's Stephen Merchant and Kevin yes. Smith is now promoting it. So yes. Oh, oh God. I saw an interview. I forget who the chick uh, who was with Paige was. There was a, a lady with Paige who was talking about how great Paige was. I think it might have been someone who else was in the movie. Uh, it was just a quick clip I saw like in passing. And Kevin Smith was interviewing them. It was for IMDb. And uh, 
it's one of those moments you can watch someone's eyes die because the person who was talking about Paige, the woman who was talking about Paige was like, oh yeah, she's amazing. She's famous. You can Google her and all kinds of videos come up about her career and everything. And Paige's eyes, when she says there's all kinds of videos her of her online, her eyes, it was like her soul was leaking out of her face. And it was the funniest thing. I mean, total schadenfreude. Oh. You know, poor, poor girl. But at the same time, I was I was crying, laughing, uh, just like Paige was crying inside. Don't make sex um, tapes, kids. <laughs> what well, Jesus Christ? You know? Oh, it's a it's a that's a long road we could go down. But we're not going to because we're running late. And Mojo Raleigh is crazy now. Apparently, he had another uh, promo where he was screaming into the mirror about how he's on his own right now. So we'll see what their intention is with the newly bearded Mojo Raleigh. I kind of like where that's going, though. I got to admit, I, 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 I'd like to see a psycho Mojo Raleigh just losing his shit. Yeah, I love I, I do have some love in my heart for Mojo. I think he's a great promo, but I'm worried. I'm, I'm skeptically pessimistic. So <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> we'll see what happens with Mojo. Uh, but there's lots more to see and to talk about. Over on SmackDown Live. Well, WWE this week was pretty much all Becky all the time. Actually, the last three months, it's been about all Becky all the time, just about. No, Becky Lynch uh, came out this week to interrupt Charlotte Flair, who opened the show, uh, with a new edgy kind of look, going a little dark, which I think She's is... She's been going darker and darker over the last couple of uh-huh. months, ever, ever since she went heel. Oh, uh-huh. I know. Hmm, yeah. As I stroke my beard and hmm, yeah. I might I, have been as I, right. As I stroke my stubble. Uh, yeah, so again, Becky's coming out. So this time she came out of the crowd. Charlotte even saying, oh, I see. And you stole Roman Reigns' entrance now, too. That was cute. <laughs> uh, Becky came out to confront Charlotte, at which point we had everyone get in to try and stop Becky, including Triple H, who came out to the ring and... Uh, after uh, uh, after we had a conversation between Becky Lynch and Charlotte, and basically Triple H said, yeah, yeah, just go home and see the doctor. You're not supposed to be here. You're suspended. Until Becky Lynch said, yeah, how's your wife after the beating I put on her last night? Does she need to see the doctor? <laughs> does, she need to see, does she need to see the doctor? Is she medically cleared? Uh, of course, Triple H getting out of the ring, gets right back in the ring, gets right up in Becky's face, and cuts a massive promo i stood her. up and i did the little t-rex hand just jingling just ee, when this whole thing <laughs> went down because <laughs> i marked the hell out for this whole segment I, you, actually they were trying to separate charlotte and becky in the ring and then rawr, rawr, when you hear his guitar riff hit uh, at the beginning of his entrance music i went oh you in so, trouble for hitting yeah, his wife <laughs> yeah and honestly uh, this built the Becky storyline a thousand times better than the Stephanie part on Raw, even though they had to do the Stephanie part just to get Becky suspended. I get that. This is where the meat of this week was for Becky Lynch and the Becky Lynch character. And this is why I want to talk about right now is Triple H's promo because the promo he cut on her was savage. And if she wasn't as over as she was and they had her react the way that she reacted, it would be bad because he burned her to the ground with this where he said, look, you're not really the man. You're just self-destructive. And this is why you're out here being trying to be a rebel, trying to fake like you're angry and not going to the doctor because you're afraid not that if you go to the doctor you'll be told you can't have the match. You'll be afraid that you will have to be have you'll have to have the match against Ronda Rousey 
because you are afraid of yourself. You're afraid of success. And that's why you keep failing, ultimately. You're afraid of being exposed. So he even said, like, is your knee really even injured right now? Or is that what you're just telling yourself to try and make yourself feel better about this? Yeah, to get out of the match. You know. So here's the thing. And all of this at the end, Becky just stood there kind of smirking at him, but also you could tell it was getting to her a little bit. And at the end, she just smacked him across the face and walked away, which I don't think was an adequate response. It seemed like she didn't have a response. And so she just hit him. I mean, it wasn't exactly a stone cold stunner. You know, it just, it was a smack and you walk out of the ring. Eh. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing I liked about this is it didn't feel like Triple H was the authority figure so much, you know, so much as someone who's been around for a while and was burning down someone who's flaming out a little bit too hot. Does that, does that, you know, it's like he seemed like the mentor figure. Yeah. More than the authority figure. So that dynamic worked well. And ultimately, again, I mentioned earlier about the Becky Lynch Chronicle episode. If you watch that, there's a whole section how she talks about the concussion she got when she was 19. She was injured when she was 19. And she let that drive her out of wrestling for a number of years. And she realized later that it wasn't that she was so injured that she couldn't do it anymore. It was that she defeated herself, that she psyched herself out to believe that she couldn't do it anymore. And she didn't have the will to keep going at that time. Yeah. And that massive failure on her part and that feeling like she lost herself for the years afterwards and the horrible times in her life that followed that where she didn't know who she was or what she was doing, those were a direct result of her failure in that moment. And so she resonates really hard with the idea that you were injured and cannot do this. But she also resonates with the idea of you're not really injured. You're not as injured as bad as you think you are. And that's your excuse for not going out there and giving 110%. And that's the feud they're building here. And that's really interesting. Yeah. So there's part of me that loves this. There's part of me that goes... Don't know if people are going to follow all of this, but yeah. I, you know, it, it takes us. It's it's extremely smart. It's extremely clever, but it takes a certain level of understanding psychology to understand what he's talking about. Yes, really, really good stuff. It is good stuff because I think what they're ultimately doing here is setting up pieces. You've got that footage from the Chronicle episode, which they haven't aired yet. And so you're setting up all these different pieces of the Becky Lynch puzzle going into WrestleMania of her character. And when they finally knock them all down and all these pieces start fitting together for the, for the, the audience members that haven't really done the deep dives, then all of this will be like, whoa, and it will be really cool and making a really effective character for her if they pull it off, if they do this right. And frankly, it, it's reminding me of some of the slow burn slow play storytelling they're doing in NXT and in New Japan where they don't give you everything at once. And they'll do things sometimes that you think don't make sense, but unless you look at the larger picture. And then when they finally pull the trigger later on, you go, oh, I see how you set that up along the way. All those, all those losses that Johnny Gargano had uh, throughout NXT Bingo. before T- Champa ever came up were setting him up for those losses against Champa. And ultimately, he could just never get over the line, and that was the story. And it was beautifully done. Right, I, I agree. Exactly. That's, yeah, that's that's one of the more recent ideas of that. You know, the Gargano Champa one, where it was a long term story. Uh, Eddie Edwards, Sammy Callahan over in 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 Impact was kind of doing something like that, where it's a long term story about you know the night to night things seem to make no sense until they all started adding up. And I think that's what they're doing here. Mm. So yeah, we'll be talking about that a lot over the next few months. 
So that was an interesting way to start off SmackDown. Frankly, kind of a flat show from there on out with a couple of bright spots. We had a women's multi-tag match. It was, it was uh, the Iconics and Sonya and Mandy versus Naomi and Carmella, which is the newest tag team that they've got going on and that will be in the Elimination Chamber match, which I'm disappointed in because I called that it was going to be Io Shirai and uh, Kyrie Sane. Uh, so I'm a little disappointed it's not them. But uh, what do you think about Naomi and Carmella in the in the uh, Elimination Chamber match instead of Kyrie Sane and Yoshirai? Uh, I mean, Kyrie Sane and and Yoshirai would have put some legitimacy to it, but we'll talk about NXT later. But I I, I ain't mad at that, what they're doing with Yoshirai and Kyrie Sane. I keep them away from this these shenanigans that's going on right now. Let the tag team division get established up on the main roster because. There's there's some ha- things happening with those two girls, and I'm getting kind of excited about it. So well, I think Sonya and Mandy are going to stay a tag team. The Iconics are obviously going to stay a tag team. They'll probably they'll probably be the second or third champions if I, if I'm being completely honest. A lot of the other teams they're putting together are the kind of things that we don't like in regular tag team uh, action, which is pairings of singles wrestlers. And Naomi and Carmella is that's a flash in the pan tag team in my opinion. So it's not exciting to me. Uh, and Io Shirai and, and Kyrie Sane are also, you know, two singles wrestlers together as a tag team. But I feel like they could be a viable tag team for a long time because you've already got a singles Japanese wrestler in Asuka. And Io Shirai and Kyrie Sane would be in her shadow unless they were off in the tag division. So it would make more sense to have them be a consistent tag team. Whereas Naomi and Carmella doesn't excite me. The only thing about Naomi and Carmella that excites me as a tag team is that we get to have another little storyline going into Elimination Chamber to fill some time, which is the ongoing story of Mandy and Naomi. And which, which frankly, now that it's gotten out of the more kind of silly, uh, like purient stuff, it's, it's starting, I'm starting to like it more. When I, now I, that it's I, kind yeah, of but I wish it was match. just Naomi and Mandy in a singles match. Why do they need to team, up, team her up with Carmella? I have a feeling that's where we're going after Elimination Chamber. Mandy will just keep getting one on, on Naomi, and at some point we'll end up in a singles match. And uh, Naomi will finally get her revenge on Mandy. I don't know. I don't yep. know. Yep. Um, I I think it's a little cheesy, but I think it's a means to an end. Uh, if you're going to put Sonya and Mandy in there, you got to have Naomi in there too, and to continue this story. And who else is there? Carmella's it. Yep. So. That's that's kind of how I feel about it. But again, party elimination chamber is you know getting through all the different storylines. And this is a storyline that will probably be entertaining because it was at Royal Rumble. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, we well, also had some. The, yeah, let's talk about the yes. men's side because there's a lot going on over there um, with with what's happening. Um, we had this segment where we we had all of these backstage little video package promos of each of the members of the the men's elimination chamber match. Um, Randy Orton basically ends up in a match with Mustafa Ali uh, and just kind of disposes of him like handily there there was no real i didn't really remember seeing any offense at all out of mustafa ali but out of nowhere he got ali got a couple of of good shots in not as good as the uh, he 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 and randy had some business he jumped over the table outside of him remember he, he had some good business with randy uh sure. looked like he had a chance at one point although randy got the best shot in when he kicked him in the freaking eye <laughs> yeah and I don't know if you've seen that picture of Mustafa Lee after the match, but he, one of his eyes is like, that's like a Rocky at the end of the movie eye. It was gnarly. So I'm trying to remember if Rowan and Daniel Bryan had come out before this and then all the guys start coming out. I can't remember how they ended up in this. 
So this match, at the end of this match, Randy Orton, Mustafa Lee's going up for the uh, 0-5-4. Randy pops up, pulls his legs, and gives him an RKO out of that position, which was pretty cool. Yep. Um, I, felt, I, felt, I felt a little bit bad for Mustafa Ali, if I can pause for a second, because he did cut an interesting babyface promo backstage before this, saying, you know, no one believes I can beat Randy Orton, no one believes I can become champion, but what if? What if I can? And then he comes out and gets pretty handled by Randy, and it's kind of like, yeah, what if you can, dude? <laughs> like he's going to have to have a little bit more of a showing, I think, Elimination Chamber to uh, to really get people consistently behind him, as opposed to being a babyface who loses a lot or looks like he's uh, he's overwhelmed by bigger guys. Right. But at the end of this, Joe comes out. Samoa Joe comes out and chokes out Randy Orton as he's celebrating after beating Mustafa Ali. Um, and then, in addition, later on, we had a match, as you said. Uh, with uh, with Daniel Bryan comes out with Rowan, cuts a nice long massive promo. He's at home. They they had this show in Washington, and he's from Washington, so they were on they were on his side, and he was not he he didn't care. He wasn't trying to heal it up to that crowd. He was like, "You guys are my people. You believe in what I believe in." Um, <laughs> and uh, he ended up having a match with Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy earlier backstage had said that he's embarrassed. As a former WWE champion, what Daniel Bryan's doing with the championship? Um, so uh, yeah, Hardy seems like a leather guy. I believe that. Yeah, he, he he's into cow flesh. Need, needs some spikes on it for him. <laughs> yeah, and some and some weird colors and some paint. Yeah, but uh, so we had Jeff Hardy versus Daniel Bryan, and of course, right as uh, Jeff's about to win, Rowan gets involved with his Amana Marth shirt. Amana Marth, another two for two. With Rowan on the shirt. So, by the query, way, query if you if you'll allow me, is, I want are Amana Marth vegans? I'm, I'm pretty sure they're meat eating Vikings. They certainly are meat eating Vikings, but it doesn't believe that they don't believe in saving the Earth, Nick. And I, I would I would oh. urge you to calm yourself down because uh, <laughs> the, the, at the end of the day, the Vikings were more in touch with the Earth than you or I will ever be, and no Viking ever owned an SUV. Fair enough. So so. Moving on, <laughs> Jeff Hardy wins by DQ, and then everybody comes out. Everyone in the Elimination Chamber comes out uh, one by one. Joe, Randy Orton, Mustafa Ali, they all tussle, and as they're all tussling ringside, out comes AJ Styles to lay everybody out and stand tall to end the show. So You skipped over the part where Rowan palm-slammed Mustafa <laughs> Ali into the table. That was pretty cool. That was, that was pretty awesome. I think... <laughs> I did like that. Uh, I'm curious what role Rowan will play with the Elimination, elimination Chamber, if he's going to actually break into it somehow or what's going to happen there. We have one more week to build for the Elimination Chamber match, and I kind of felt like this was a go-home segment here where you even had uh, Tom Phillips screaming, what it looks like what it's going to be the Elimination Chamber, a preview of what's going to happen in Elimination Chamber. I'm like, okay, well, what else do you have to show us next week now? Yeah, like, uh, what's left? <laughs> what's left? <laughs> are we just going to take the week off next week, or are you guys going to got anything else? <laughs> maybe. Maybe. We'll see what they have next week. But yeah, all the we're building towards all these guys absolutely hating each other. And I'm fine with that. Two guys who seem to be hating each other a little bit less are Rusev and Shinsuke Nakamura, who made their tag team tag team match debut this week against the Good Brothers, uh, who they beat pretty pretty handily. Uh okay, two th- Nick, I, I got I just, two. I, I got, just I can't with this. I just I, I got two questions for you. Okay. I got two questions for you here. First, nope. What did you think of Rushev and Shinsuke Nakamura it's as awful. a tag team? It's oh. awful. <laughs> Nobody wants to see this. There was nothing good you took away from this. Uh, over the course of the last 18 months, both of these guys have been you know, incredibly over at some point. 
So you think this is wasted potential of the two of them as a tag team? Yeah, 100%. Okay. But what a waste of Rusev and what a waste of Shinsuke. Yep. And, uh, you know, this, that's not a knock against the good brothers. I don't, you know, we don't mind tag teams that lead or tag team matches that are, have stories embedded in them that ultimately lead to other things. It's, it's, we understand that that's a thing in wrestling. So if it was a, if this is a one-off thing, sure, but they're going up against a legitimate tag team, a little career tag team, an amazing tag team. That's basically getting brushed under the rug ever since they came to WWE what even is this? Like, where I, I'm is this going? I'm pretty convinced. You know, you talk, talk about the Good Brothers as being a good tag team, and, and they have been uh, like a step above the ascension for the last however long. I'm entirely convinced that both Gallows and Anderson are just in WWE for the consistent paycheck and you know being able to be with their families in the states. I, I really don't think it's anything more than that. They they even tweet about how happy they are to just pick up the paycheck. Go out there, be entertaining, goof around, lose a match, and go home. So at this point, I've pretty much given up on the Good Brothers ever becoming something in the WWE because that's just not where it seems like the real Gallows and Andersons' uh, intentions lie. They don't have like that drive isn't there. They don't I, have the ambition. I just and see the, so much potential with AJ and Finn and the the Good Brothers there. To, to do something, to build a new faction, the next Nexus or the next big faction kind of thing. I, it, what I are they doing? Not, I hope it's not the next Nexus. We saw how that worked out. You know what I mean. You get my point. I though. know what you mean. I, I would love to have some sort of Bullet Club reunion. I just don't see it happening. I, I think WWE is worried that it's too close to something that they didn't create or own. And with the NWO... They botched that when they brought it to the WWE, and they didn't create it, uh, but they did own it. So if at some point they bought the, the Bullet Club license from New Japan, we might see a ton of Bullet Club stuff, but it certainly wouldn't be as cool as it was in Japan. For one thing, you couldn't do the finger gestures where they make finger gestures like they're shooting things. Couldn't do that in the WWE. So anyway. Uh, I, as far as Rusev and Shinsuke, yeah, I'm, I'm really disappointed with this being their way out for both of these guys. Um, I enjoy what they're doing as far as the character work and the chemistry between Rusev and Shinsuke. I think that they both bring out the best in each other on every level, whether it's in a match or as tag team partners. So on that sense, I'm, I'm like, okay, cool. That's, that's good stuff. But that shouldn't be the good stuff we're getting from these guys. Yeah, the, on the I don't make no mistake. I don't fault Rusev or Shinsuke in this at all. I completely hold creative and even pop events accountable for for this kind of stuff. This is stupid. Yeah, and I, I we hear people talk about how Shinsuke just hasn't had the work ethic since he got there, and Bullshit. I don't. I yeah, I don't. I, I don't 100 percent see that. So I don't know. We're not. We're not backstage. We don't know where his head's at, but. I know Rusev is. He recently was on a um, someone's podcast. Damn it, I forget whose. And he and Lana were talking about. Like, he he understands mid card hell. He knows where he's at. He knows that it's like he's been getting screwed over a lot, and he's had angry confrontations with creative backstage. Apparently, he was completely against splitting up him and Aiden. Completely against it. He said that's it the worst magic. idea. Yeah, that's the worst. He says it's the worst idea. We got something here. Why would you split us up? And they were like, screw you. We're doing it anyway. So he's he definitely understands he's been screwed over by creative a lot. I just wonder how much more he's going to take, frankly, because he seems like unlike Gallows Anderson, he seems like a guy who likes the paycheck, 
But at the same time, at the end of the day, he also wants to be happy. Yep. And he's a guy who has agitated many times with creative over his time in the WWE. So Mm-mm-mm. we shall see. Uh, we also had a promo by Andrade Cien Almas and Zelina Vega. I will continue to call him Cien Almas, damn it. <laughs> um, and this was kind of, a, I thought, a a textbook way to have a non-English speaker give a promo when they have a manager. You have him give the first couple of lines so that they're fairly clear, and then she comes in and does the rest. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, you've heard Andrade give a full promo in NXT, and it was it was rough. Yeah, it's it's tough to get through. His accent is Shinsuke Nakamura levels of thick. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's arguably worse. Might you, be you thicker, could say. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Might, be, might be thicker. But um, him just sitting there mugging the whole time and smiling, going, yeah, that's right. Just that kind of thing, while Zelina Vega is actually cutting a, a legit badass promo yep. uh, right behind him. Fantastic. This was and this that, was perfect, and this is the thing. It's one of the things that uh, that that is Andrade Cien Almas' strengths is his look, is how he comes across, is his facials, his physical presence. Dick he's Hill in got, a suit. Jesus, he's got it in spades on that front. Um, so you have him say a couple of things about how he's going to end the legend of Rey Mysterio, and then you just have him sit back and smirk while Zelina finishes his thought. Uh, it was great. And as we know, so far, this feud has been fantastic between Andrade and Ray. Can't wait for more of it. Uh, this is just basically setting it up. Yes, there will be more Andrade and Ray in the future. Cool. Can't wait. Yes. A uh, couple more things to get through on SmackDown. Really quickly, we had a, a, a nice little uh, vignette, little little video package, if you will, uh, about Asuka and how badass she is, about how she's back to being the old Asuka that no one can beat and that no one is ready for. Which made me wonder, Nick, who's next for who is next for Oscar? Like, do they even know? Do they even know who the hell they can put up against Oscar right now? Because you, you know well, the scuttlebutt, the scuttlebutt Charlotte. But I mean, who do you think it will be? Well, I've I've been thinking it was Charlotte for a long time now. Um, with the the you know probably since Survivor Series when we saw the whole Becky and Ronda thing really come to a head, and I said, oh, okay, Becky Becky's going to win the Rumble, go to face Ronda, but. Charlotte's going to go get that title back on SmackDown. So I think what is happening here is we're seeing dark, edgy Charlotte heel turn coming with facey kind of Oscar, who's happy, cheery. I'm the champ, and we're going to see. Uh, I don't. I, it's kind of a redemption of sorts. I think we're going to see Oscar defend the title against Charlotte at WrestleMania. I still think that, and it's going to be a redemption because she's going to keep it from Charlotte. So it's they're going to be one and one at WrestleMania. And I think we're getting ready to get into uh, a long legacy of these two. It, it's there's potential there to run this for many years. So I it could be a running thing where they they're keeping score of how many title reigns they have, or or the the crazy scuttlebutt is that we're revitalizing the Oscar undefeated streak, and we're gonna run her as the champ for to break all the records because she did before. Well, I don't think they can possibly do that. Um, all like they can't go that long again without her being defeated. People will absolutely get sick of it. I wouldn't. <laughs> you would after the first year. So, I don't know. Just saying, I'm sick of but, Brock Lesnar. That's that's for sure. Well, who's not? But yeah, we'll see what happens with Oscar. I, I think you'd get sick of her being champ that long too. I'm just curious if they do do it with Charlotte. They have Charlotte versus Oscar too at WrestleMania this year, or if they find somebody else. 
I, there's no one else on SmackDown anywhere near in her league at this point, except for no. Becky or Charlotte. And, and if you watched the Becky Triple H segment this week at the top of the show, Charlotte was pretty handily excused from the ring and the whole conversation. And I, I take that, I'm not taking it too heavily, but a part of me is going, hmm, okay, she was just excused from the Becky Lynch feud. That's what I read into that a little bit. And that might be my own madness uh, reading into that a bit much, but I, I like to interpret things that way or, or read into things that way. And that's my interpretation of it is that was her her way of being excused from the Becky Lynch thing so she can wholly tunnel vision on Ronda Rousey and that main event at WrestleMania. Charlotte, I think next week, we might even see a program fire up with her coming out and challenging Asuka. So I want that title back. Because I'm mm. the best. In blah, 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 blah. Yeah, and that's that's kind of what uh, it's it's either going to be a triple threat with Charlotte at WrestleMania, or it'll be probably Charlotte and Asuka. So at this will... point in my head, there's a higher chance of Stephanie McMahon sneaking into that match than Charlotte Flair. Oh, don't I don't think Charlotte's dare. going anywhere near that Becky Ronda match. I I did hear a rumor that Steph they want Stephanie versus Becky at SummerSlam. Uh, that that might be the direction that they're going in. I just keep Stephanie away from WrestleMania. No. No, 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 no. Yes, you heard me. Yep. Uh, one last thing. Next week, we will be having the Usos, who are the number one contenders for the Tag Team Championships on McMiz TV. Had their own little sick promo video package this week, too. That was yeah. hot fire. Yep, yep. They always spit that hot fire, though. You know that. Yep. So that is it for SmackDown Live. You know what that means, Nick? That means we're done with our the the main roster part of our show. I've actually got notes coming through right now from the AEW, uh, the press release, the ticket con the t- the press conference, uh, the ticket announcement party. It's all coming through right now. I've got some really interesting information coming through about how we can buy tickets, even. Um, and I'm tempted to go try and get this this <laughs> this going right now, but we have a show to do. Yes, but we have to we have to continue that show and go over and talk about. The wide world of wrestling. I gotta say, man, I really enjoyed this week's NXT. It's it's not often that I that I don't enjoy NXT for the record, but I really enjoyed this week's episode of NXT. Nice. Uh, we opened the show up with with Johnny Gargano coming out to gloat, show off his shiny new uh, North American Championship that he uh, he handily took from Ricochet, but. Ciampa comes out and in a way goes, I told you, I told you, I'm the puppet master. You got it because I told you to go get it. Blah, 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 blah. And out comes Velveteen Dream. Hmm. Okay. Because he won. What was it? The, is it the Worlds Collide? And he now yes. gets to choose, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. He gets to choose of the two of the Cruiserweight Championship, the NXT Championship, the North American Championship. Or was it? Was the UK one in, as part of that package? Part I, of that I actually believe the 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 official stipulation was you get to challenge for any title on your individual show. Oh. I think was the official stipulation. So he had to choose between the North American Championship or the NXT Championship. Obviously, he recently lost to Ciampa in a championship match, which may have affected his decision to not face Ciampa again, but instead face Johnny Gargano, which does seem like a rather odd. Choice. You don't go for the big belt. You go for the North American belt. All right. Really? Maybe. Maybe he thinks Johnny is more vulnerable. Who knows? The bottom line was he never really, never really clarified why. Um, but here's the thing: they've got a match in two weeks now. Dream versus Gargano in two weeks. 
Will Dream ever be in a match where he can realistically win a belt? Doesn't look like it for now. And frankly, what? they've already recorded this and they recorded two separate endings to it yes. so that we couldn't, so just to surprise us. Yeah, and that's... And that's so that, that Kyle a, at NXT at Full Sail couldn't spoil it on Twitter for everybody. <laughs> Hi, Kyle. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I'm jealous of how many times he gets to go to that. Oh, God, but, he's there uh, every day. It's wonderful. But here's the thing is that that's a great way to keep us from knowing what re- what's really happening. We can not We can give away spoilers and still not spoil anything because we don't know. We still don't know. <laughs> so we don't know what's going to happen with that match. And frankly, I think either way could be a good outcome, except I really don't think Dream can afford to lose another championship match. He's just had too many. There. They're pushing him to the moon. He's got all kinds of presence, and uh, uh, he's, he just won World Collides, Worlds Collide, and all kinds of, you know, He's obviously they've got huge plans for him as they should, but I don't know if losing to Johnny Gargano is the step in the right direction. Here's why I think he will not lose. I think mm. for two reasons. I think they are going to put the belt on Velveteen Dream, and I think the reason Dream chose Johnny Gargano was that so that Gargano could go down and back into the dark place and have no place left to go except for into Ciampa's arms. Ciampa told him what to do to go get the North American title, and he did it, and he got it. Ciampa knows how to do it. And if he loses the belt to Velveteen Dream, it's just going to push him back over there. And I think we are going to see this whole dark DIY thing evolve a little bit more. Maybe not all the way, but it's gonna. there's going to be something where Johnny turns back to the side of Ciampa. Maybe, or maybe the idea is he he you know falls into Champa's arms, and then when he loses to Dream, he he kind of he turns and looks at Champa and says, "I want that belt." Kind of how he did at the okay. end of the last takeover, where he was happy you want a belt, but he looked at Champa, he looked at his belt, and kind of was like, you know, I kind of want still, that one. <laughs> I still I still owe you, buddy. Yeah, I still owe you. So I could we'll see that too. I could. We'll it, see. it would free Johnny up to be able to go back to feuding with Champa over the NXT Championship. I like exactly. that too. Couple, couple of different reasons why. But, but so that's could be exactly why they're going to put it on Dream, just to to free up Johnny. Yep, quite possible. We also had a match between uh, one of your boys, Woo! Jackson Jackson Riker, another 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 one of Nick's favorites. And my, man, less- my, my current man crush until they figure out what the hell's going on with Lars. <laughs> well, until Lars figures out what's going on with Lars. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, Jackson Riker had another singles match. This one much more, I think, successful than his last one. He had it against Mansoor. Who you, may, you may remember he was part of uh, last year's uh, Greatest Royal Rumble. He came out as one of the signees that they got from the, oh, uh, yeah. the UAE. Um, UAE or Saudi Arabia. I'm not sure where he said he was from, but he's from, he's from that part of the world. From that region. But he's, now, yes. he's, he's from that region. And he now, he's now saying that he is, uh, he's officially in the training, obviously in the PC. So this was his first televised match, which is cool for him, but it was a squash. He did get utterly murdered by Jackson Riker, who I'm I'm pretty sure that guy's quads are sentient. <laughs> they are freaking huge. They look like tree trunks. You know, the guy is in really good shape, but I've that dude does not skip leg day. He could give Brock half of his muscle mass on his legs and still have enough to have a bigger leg than Brock Lesnar does. Like it's freaking insane. Um, he must be injecting directly into his quads. Anyway, (laughs) 
So now, Jackson, now we have a wellness ja- policy at the WWE. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Just ask Randy Orton about that. Uh-huh. Uh, so Jackson Riker murders Mansoor. That was kind of fun. They beat him up afterwards. Forgot, uh, forgotten Sons. Still on a roll right now, and I'm curious what the end game is with them. But they street are still profits. still pushing them. I, they just beat the Street Profits. Will they go back to them? That's my question. I don't know. So we'll see. Uh, we also had, for me, the highlight of NXT this week, and the reason you should go check it out, was Drew Gulak. Drew Gulak from 205 Live made an appearance this week on NXT, and there was some really wonderful stuff that happened here. First of all, he faced a guy who we've never seen on TV before unless you were on the WWE PC uh, YouTube channel, which is fantastic, and I recommend it to everybody. Eric, Eric Hergelberger. Burger Haber? Bujan Hodgen? Bujan Hodgen? Bujan Gesundheit. Burger, yeah. So he comes. This guy is, uh, has future No Way Jose all over him. Uh, he's got. He comes out to you know doing like air guitar to his own music. He actually, I think he played all the instruments. He played keys. He played drums. Air air played them all uh, down to the ring. And I have to say, I can't remember the last time that a guy came out and no one knew who he was. And by the time he got in the ring, he was completely and utterly over. Yep. Everyone loved. Him. To the point that even though Gulak mur- murdered him and, and Gulaked him, uh, Dragon Sleepered him to sleep. To death. Even came back out after the show went dark, and it, this is on WWE.com and on their YouTube channel, and encored with Caleb Braxton yeah. in the ring, and the entire crowd was on their feet jamming and having a blast with it. For Where like did this a long guy come time. from? <laughs> For like a long time. Well, as I said, you've, you, if you've watched the WWPC YouTube channel, he's been around. He's just a ton. He bleeds charisma. A uh, ton of charisma. Very funny. Good look to him. I can actually see him going along. I joke about the, the No Way Jose thing uh, because this gimmick, I think, only has so much before it, becomes, uh, it gets stale and people get over it. But I, and I don't know how the guy can wrestle. I haven't really seen him in a match. We but still he's also he pretty jacked. That's what I'm saying. You, you talk about 24-inch great... pythons. That dude's got some some biceps he's, on his ass. He's in good. He's in great shape. Yeah, but he, it's definitely one of those things that was really eye-opening. Seeing him and going, okay, if this guy can twist this charisma into something else, like beyond just the air guitar and the banging of the head and all of this, Jesus Christ, the sky's the limit on this guy. Like he's got it for sure. So and and. Having him go against Gulak, who is, as we know, uh, his character doesn't like fun and doesn't like playing around, uh, was a great was a great choice because it really did create that context. Gulak should so, join the revival. I was just thinking about what? that. Yeah, what? Just you know, just just kicks, no flippy shit, no no fun, just wrestling. Uh, Gulak has already been in a fantastic stable, and frankly, I wish he would reform that stable. And that stable was called Catchpoint. And that, that stable was in Evolve. And that stable had other people in it, including TJ Perkins and including the next guy who came out to the ring to face him, Matt Riddle. Well, hang on. He called out to the locker room going, is this all you got? I, I'm Drew Gulak. I'm the top submission specialist in all of wrestling. <laughs> and and I come over, I do you the favor of coming to NXT. NXT and you, and you send Hergerberberberberberberberberberberberberberberberberberberberberberberberberberberberberberberberberberberberberberberberberberberberberberberberberberberberberberberberberberberberberberberberberberberberberberberberberberberberberberberberberberberberberberberberberberberberberberberberber
Okay, here I am. Um, no, Matt Riddle was fun here again. I was talking earlier in the show about how he comes out and just and you know literally the first thing he said was, "Bro, bro, bro," and but but he then he followed it up and said, "Look, you want to come out here and run your mouth at NXT? I'll show you what NXT is all about." And Drew Gulak said, "You know, I just fought a, a match, but I'd be happy to you know kick those flip flops off of you and 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 submit you out." And Matt Riddle just looks at him and goes, "You've chosen wisely." Yeah, and he, just walks, it flips him off and runs, comes down to the ring, flips off his flip flops, excuse me, just flip him off. <laughs> uh, comes down to the ring and they have a goddamn brilliant match. Good. I swear to God, they were actually wrestling each other for the first half of this match. It wasn't like they started planning it for the second half. You could see them communicating. Yeah. The first half was freaking insane. This was, this was absolutely beautiful. Technical masterpiece. Matt wrestling just all kinds of technical shit and holds and submissions and just, oh, this, yeah. this, this is, I, aside from the big hoss masters just beating the hell out of each other, this is my jam right here. Yeah, this it reminded me of the uh, the time we you and I saw um, Matt Riddle and uh, 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 Zack Sabre Jr. Oh, yes. Down, down at the Globe, where oh. it was like, the crowd didn't really know what to do with it because we just watched a bunch of like high-flying crazy matches, and all of a sudden these two guys come out and just Matt wrestle for 15 minutes. And I was just sitting there almost falling off the balcony like, this is so cool. And everyone else in there was just kind of like, well, we want to see some flips. Yeah. <laughs> Where's Bandito? <laughs> uh, bring, back, bring Bandito back out. He does flippies. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, this, but I love this. This is also a good reason why you got guys trained in MMA and in grappling in WWE is so much fun because they can just get in there and they don't have to plan stuff out. And it's not necessarily sports entertainment. It's two dudes actually going at it where you could see it almost being in an MMA match. So it was a lot of fun. And as I said, it was really cool to see these two guys from an awesome stable face off against each other in the WWE, even down to the end. Riddle does end up tapping out Gulak in the, uh, in the, uh, the, the bro, bro mission. mission. Yeah. Uh, taps him out after just got some of those elbows he threw on him. Oh. Uh, but it was awesome. It was one of the things I know you like, which was the sportsmanship afterward where Gulak went over and shook his hand. But if you look closely, Old style. When, well, he, how he grabbed his wrist and held out his hand, right? Yep. That was the sign of catch point. So it was two catch point guys throwing a little signal. Yeah, that was a catch point match. Very nice. That was, that was awesome. For uh, if you're if you're a bit of an, uh, a nerd, <laughs> uh, finally on the on NXT this week we had a tag match, a three on three match: Io Shirai, Kyrie Sane, and Bianca Belair versus Shayna Baszler, Jessamyn Duke, and Marina Shafir. Uh, what did you think of this match? Can we? Can I just skip to the end? Sure. It was very telling to me that Io Shirai pinned the champion. That would be the big story coming out of this, I would say, yes. So I, I didn't really see much out of Bianca that I didn't already know. Kyrie did her things, did her Kyrie. Kyrie did Kyrie, which well, all, all her stuff, which fantastic. Bianca, Bianca tossed her in the air so that she could deliver an insane elbow in the middle of the ring. That was a fun spot. Fantastic. Uh, she had a great flying elbow, um, Hojo elbow, whatever the actual word is for it now. Um, insane all, elbow. Insane elbow. All the way across, about three quarters of the way across the ring. So I, she did that uh, the crossbody onto all of them outside the ring. Just great stuff. But man, the story of this match is Io Shirai hitting okay. all of the crazy moves and then ultimately pinning Shayna Baszler for the yep. one, two, three. Ooh, I didn't see that coming, and it kind of I, I'm trying not to read too much into it, like I tend to do. But I'm interpreting some 
some things here. We've been wondering who was going to be next for Shayna. We had pretty much tagged it for Bianca, but I'm sitting there going, hmm, does this tell me something? I think it does. I think Io Shirai is going to be the next challenger for, for Shayna Baszler. That's why, I, that's why I think they didn't come up for Elimination Chamber. Uh, they've had this plan for for some time, and it was just yeah. they had to get past Bianca first. It's interesting that they're, they're, it looks like they're going back to a singles thing uh, between Io Shirai and, Kyrie, and um, uh, Shayna Baszler. If there's someone who they could easily take it off of Shayna and put it on, it would be Io Shirai. Oh, yeah. You, you, you build her to take over at WrestleMania weekend. She absolutely is legit enough to be able to take it off of her. So Yes, please. I, I'm, I'm curious where they're going. Uh, as we mentioned, we have uh, num- next week we've got Ricochet and Adam Cole. They're vying for the number one contendership for the North American Championship, which, of course, will be whoever wins. Velveteen Dream or Johnny Gargano. Oh, so that might be that might how be are telling we having right a number there. one contendership match if Dream is still challenging Gargano? This is That's a little confusing saying. for me. Okay, so basically they get the next shot after Dream does, okay. and it's the winner. It's the winner it. of Dream or Gargano gets either Ricochet or Adam Cole. Next. Hang on, I'm pulling out my TI-85 and seeing if I can make this work in my head. Well, yeah. let me let me let me make it clear for you. Your thought earlier about Dream might win the belt. Yeah, could be accurate because then Gargano goes off and does something else, Champa or whatever, uh, and then you have Velveteen versus Ricochet or Velveteen versus Adam Cole for the North American Championship, and that might be something we haven't seen before. Either so, of which I'd be all over, <laughs> all over that as well. Uh, quickly jumping over to NXT UK, we had uh, this was a an, an, I think it's been hit or miss over there in the UK for the most part. But uh, this week was pretty solid. We had Rhea Ripley and Tony Storm continue to feud after uh, Ray Ripley came down and murdered Zaya Brookside, uh, which I think might have been the can, plan. Candy, candy swirl, candy, whatever and the other candy floss, candy, candy floss, floss. <laughs> candy floss. Good God! Uh, uh, I think this might have been the plan all along. Was because Tony got injured, which is why she wasn't the first UK Women's Champ. Rhea Ripley was. Uh, so that I I think this is the program we were supposed to have all along, where Tony's the champ and Rhea's the monster coming after her. I think this might have been delayed, but we're getting it now. Woo. Not mad at it. Nope. Both these ladies are great together. Uh, but next, we also had a match this week that you and I are big Walter marks. But another, we had a, we had Walter's second match in NXT UK, and it was against Mark Coffey. He lasted Which, a little bit longer than the. Uh, the, the the pale ginger from last week. <laughs> oh God! Uh, yeah, this guy. I my chest hurt. Mark Coffey got his chest caved in multiple times. Like I <laughs> I I felt out of breath at the end of this match. Like I couldn't catch it because I had been hit in the chest twenty seven times by someone the size of Walter. Oh my goodness, poor Mark Coffey. I actually thought he stood. He he. Held his own there for a little bit. He was swinging. He actually got the first slap chop in on Walter. Left a big old red handprint on his chest. But then Walter just turned into a brick wall. And <laughs> the no selling, be- the no selling began. Yes, yeah. uh, throughout the entire match. Now there was some times where he got Walter off of his feet. I really liked this. It showed a little bit of vulnerability. He, even, he got a pinning attempt on him at one point. Yeah, there's more than a lot of people can say. That, that didn't last very long, though. Uh, sorry, Mark Coffey. Uh, enjoy your time off in, yeah, in rehab. Right. Jesus Christ. Yeah, he didn't get as beat up as uh, Stars did last week, but it was it was still pretty brutal. Uh, worth te- worth checking out. Walter matches are always fun if you like to see people get just beat to crap. Oh, yeah, and especially um, there in NXT UK where they like to sing his, his entrance music. They were doing it throughout the match, 
and just Walter, Walter. <laughs> just, uh, the NXT UK show, my favorite part of it is the locals there, is the UK crowd. They bring an element to it that the, the stateside NXT really doesn't do. They do to an extent, but the way that they are all in unison in the crowd in NXT UK is, is really special. So shout out to all of you uh, there in Blackpool because that's, that's fantastic. Uh, the the ambient in general. The ambience in that place is, is wonderful. Thank well, you. if you want to talk about the, the American crowd being hype, let's talk about halftime heat because that happened this week as well in NXT. It was uh, supposedly the most watched match in NXT history, which I believe. That's, I believe that, that that's probably true. <laughs> well, they streamed it as well. It wasn't just the network. They streamed it to every social media streaming service platform such as Periscope and Facebook. and every, they, they syndicated it everywhere. So that, I'm not surprised by that. So, I mean, no, you're, me yeah, you're going to have millions of people because – who wants to watch Maroon Five? They were exactly. Who wants to watch Adam Levine take his shirt off again with his oh, terrible why, tattoos? Why would you even ever mention that? Oh, I was just getting over that. He, he looked like he looked like a, a high school from desk, a high school desk that someone had just been writing on for all day. He looked like a walking flash sheet. It's terrible. Anyway, tell you, tell you something. Most people don't know about Maroon Five. They've been trolling the uh, tech trade show circuit for about ten years now. You want to know where they're getting their money? It ain't touring. It's doing trade shows. So <laughs> think about that and let that set in. We went from Lady Gaga to Adam Levine. But we but we digress. Uh, talking about halftime heat in NXT, this was a baller match. And if, if, this was a, if there was a oh, match yeah. to go and show the world, this was definitely one to do. It was so indie-rific, just a spot fest, just these, these six guys going absolutely nuts on each other. For whatever it was, twenty minutes. Yeah, it was freaking insane. Velveteen Dream end up picking up the pin, which is why I think it's you know I, I said like they're they're pushing the crap out of him right now. But um, is this a sign that NXT really has embraced this indie ethic? Like they they have a match that they know is going to be the most watched in their history, and this is the one that they give people. Like, is this just proof that they are truly the WWE's indie brand, where it's it's just. Even their biggest matches feel like, you know, PWG 2015. Like oh, just yeah. indie as hell. This was, I felt like we were watching that Jeff Cobb, Ricochet, Keith Lee, was it Dijak? Uh, that, Bola final. Yeah, the Bola final from two years, two, oh, three years ago. Yeah. Almost three years ago. Yeah, that was, that's what this reminded me of. It was just madness. Like the people, they didn't even bother tagging in anymore. They all just ended up in the ring, beating the hell out of each other, doing crazy high spots. All over the place, you know. The you ref would, totally and you would get these, yeah. What ref? Who cares? There was a ref. I didn't see it. So everybody taking turns, and there was one point where Ricochet Ricochet took like six finishers in a row. That bless that guy, Jesus Christ! Oh, it was a triple <laughs> triple uh, triple super kick at one point on him. I think there was that, so. and then there was uh, uh, Johnny doing his slingshot DDT over the ropes, and just this, and Alistair Black doing a black mass on him, and just bang, 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 bang for just, yeah, the timing. Oh, the man, timing was, was so timing was incredible. If you haven't checked it out yet, we highly recommend that. It. it is a fantastic match. Completely meaningless in terms of storyline, really, but it was a hell of a lot of fun. And if you want to show someone a match that doesn't watch wrestling or doesn't know about NXT, this is one to show them. They don't need to have any story going into it. They can just watch it and go, "What the hell? This is amazing." Uh, we mentioned Worlds Collide really quickly. I want to just let everybody know how we got to Velveteen Dream winning the damn thing. Uh, cause it was actually a pretty fun little, 
thing. I, I wish they'd shown more of it. Really, they was kind of slap shot how they how much they showed of it and when. But um, they did have a battle royale. Jordan Devlin ended up winning that battle royale and got the number one seed spot, which meant he got a first round bye. Ended up facing Drew Gulak, who he beat to advance to the semis. Um, one quick thing about that battle royale: the the best moment for me was uh, Keith Lee and Dominic Dijakovic. Dijak. Dijak. Uh, facing off against each other. A nice little Haas moment. Two of them mm. in the ring. Hopefully, it's they're coming. teasing something down it's the road. Coming. Get Hopefully. ready, guys. It's coming. Yep, I hope so. So the semis, we had Tyler Bate versus Adam Cole and Velveteen Dream versus Jordan Devlin. Mm. The finals end up being Tyler Bate, who beat Adam Cole. And Velveteen Dream, of course, who beat Jordan Devlin. And Velveteen Dream pinned Tyler Bate. Uh, after a f- pretty fantastic match, yeah, it was awesome to pick up the win. So that is that is how we got to the Velveteen Dream being the number one contender for the North American Championship in NXT. Uh, some really quick two hundred five live news, and then some quick New Japan news, then some listener questions, and then we're going to talk about that AEW ticket announcement, which is going on right now. And there's so much stuff going on; it's crazy. So I'm going to try and get there as quickly as possible for everyone who's listening to the show. Two hundred five live. We had Brian Kendrick beating Mike Bennett uh, Canellis in a match that I really didn't. Yeah, okay. That still makes me cool. laugh. Uh, Noam Dar versus Tony Nese is going to happen next week in a no DQ match because Tony Nese will be done with his suspension and Noam Dar wants to get revenge for the beating he took in the parking lot. That's going to be ago. good. It's going to be good. We know what's happening with Aria Davari now that Hideo Itami is leaving the company. He uh, had a promo where he dissed Hideo Itami saying, Hideo always talked about respect, but I can't respect a guy who could never get it done. Striking off on my own, and you will all will see like what I'm really all about. So interesting. Um, we had uh, the fatal four-way uh, for the number one contendership for the Cruiserweight Championship. We've seen this before, but this one was an interesting one. We had Akira Tozawa, uh, Cedric Alexander, Umberto Carrillo, and uh, Leo Rush, of all people as well. Um, Leo took one of the gnarliest lumbar checks I've seen in a long time. It was pretty brutal, but, uh, he, he, so obviously he lost. Right. And Humberto Carrillo was also out. I don't know how long they're going to have Carrillo on two or five live. Cause the dude is like a foot taller than everybody else on that show. And he's incredible. His, his selling is almost as good as his offense. Uh, the way he went out of this match was Tozawa was on the top turnbuckle and Carrillo was on the ropes next to him, standing on the top rope next to him. So Zawa kicks out Carrillo's legs, and he flips backward onto the mat. Can, can we please get Carrillo onto SmackDown Live to have a program with Andrade Cien Almas? You are thinking the same thing I'm thinking. I, either that, oh. like have him come on, on SmackDown, and like once Ray's done, wraps up his feud with, uh, with Andrade, dude, you get Carrillo in there, that will be straight freaking fire. And I'm not talking about Becky Lynch. And it won't just be a novelty thing like Sin Cara or uh, Mysterio has been, even though they've been killer matches. Those two guys turned loose with the leashes off. I I need to see that. Uh, Yeah, because Carrillo does not have the the look of a normal luchador. He's extremely tall. He's got that, that, like the true baby face with those dimples that are deeper than the Grand Canyon. I I call him Mexican Okada. It kind of looks like, you know, he's got that long length, you know. Mexican baby Okada, maybe. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. So that was, uh, so the match ended with Tozawa putting the the senton on Cedric and picking up the win. We will have Tozawa versus Buddy Murphy at Elimination Chamber. Is he the best person to have face Buddy Murphy? Do you think he's going to win this? Does he have any chance in the world? Of course not. 
Of course not. But Buddy Murphy's not dropping that belt unless it's one of the major four pay-per-views. Unless it's, you know, it, it, that's the only place it's going to be. And, and it, I don't think it ain't going to be Tozawa. I'm sorry. Right. Uh, of all the people he's beaten, Cedric twice now, and it's going to be Tozawa to take the belt? No. Yeah. No, I don't no, think no, that no, belt's no. coming off of him until WrestleMania. I have no idea who's going to take it off of him. No. But it ain't happening until WrestleMania. That's, that is my prediction. Uh, so moving on. We've got New Japan to talk about really quickly. We had uh, uh, the American Tour wrapping up, as we mentioned earlier, uh, with in Nashville. We had Jeff Cobb defeating Brody King in a singles match. Marty Skrull beat Clark Connors. And we had a three-on-three tag match. Juice Robinson, David Finley, and Tracy Williams versus Beretta, Chucky e. T, and Rocky Romero is elimination match. As you would imagine, uh, the, North, the, the American, the U.S. champ, Juice Robinson, pinned Rocky Romero in the end. For the win, we also had a uh, new new beginning. Sapporo happened a couple days ago. Everyone retained. Uh, this is not really an exciting one to talk about because all the belts stayed on the people that they're already on. Evil yeah. Sonata defeated Minoru Suzuki and Zack Saber Jr. to re- to retain their heavyweight tag belts. Uh, Shingo Takagi and Bushi defeated El Desperado and Yoshinobu Kanemaru to retain their junior heavyweight tag belts. And finally, Naito did have his match with Taichi. It was actually pretty entertaining uh, because Taichi did beat him down before the match, and uh, which made Naito feel like he was almost on the level of Taichi, but he did pick up the win ultimately and retained his Intercontinental Championship. Um, we have, I, I thought the best match of the whole thing in Sapporo was uh, Tanahashi and, and uh, teaming up with Okada again. It was a three-on-three match, he was, uh, but it was against the Bullet Club, you know, right. Jay White and, and, and company. We're building towards that Jay White and Tanahashi match. The stuff between Jay White and Tanahashi was still the best part. It's still, it's it's still, still the best thing in New Japan right now, easily. I, I think so. I, Jay White has just, he's, he's nailing his heel stuff. He's even called his new submission move the Tanahashi tap-out, the TTA. So, uh, uh, TTO, excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> I can't spell right now. Uh, so, yeah, that's... All good stuff. Looking forward to the next new beginning. That's where it's going to go down. Jay White versus Tanahashi. Looking forward to seeing that. One quick last New Japan note. They have deleted Cody, the Young Bucks, Hangman Page, and Kushida from their website, which just makes sense because most of those guys are talking about their new company right now as we record this show. Uh, and finally, Kenny Omega and Jericho are still on the webpage. Interesting. So speaking of Jericho, if I may real quick, uh, there were some interesting pictures that showed up on social media this week. Finn Balor and Jericho standing next to each other. Now, as I always say, I'm not reading too much into that, but I am interpreting something out of it. Maybe it's not the the cruiserweights, but Finn Balor's going to AEW. Finn Balor to AEW. You heard it here first. Uh, And then there was another one with Finn Balor, and I thought, I think it was Hideo. Was it Hideo Itami that popped? I'm not sure. But they were doing these poses that I don't understand where they're standing very straight, stiff. I don't know what that is. That's an old Finn Balor thing. That's an old Finn Balor thing. And he did it with his his old trainer from Japan. Um, I'm reading even more as we're doing this. I'm reading more about what's going on at the AEW press conference, and there's some crazy stuff happening. I can't wait to talk about it. But before we do... I want to talk about our listener questions because we do have our listeners, our, our patrons who are kind enough to drop us $5 a month, five measly dollars a month, and you too can ask us listener questions that we will answer on the show. It's a very fun segment for us, and I'm always very grateful for the listeners who do give us some of their hard-earned money to help us make this show better and to help us keep going. 
and then ask us some questions, which are always fun to answer for us. Yes. So thank you guys. It makes us think that. about things that uh, we wouldn't normally think about sometimes. Oh but man, it, we've, are, we've had some arguments over it too. Oh yeah, oh yeah, stuff you guys haven't heard. So anyway, uh, first question. Oh, I'd like to welcome new patron uh, Kimberly Ann. Thank you for for being a longtime member of the Busted Wide Open Discussion Group and for being our our newest patron at the ten dollar tier. Nice. Thank you very much. Enjoy the bonus episodes. We've got a lot more coming for you as well. Please make sure you get your questions into us like everybody else uh, every week. We will get them on the show. First one is from Will James. Why do you think they had Velveteen Dream challenge for the NXT North American Championship instead of the NXT Championship that feels like the Royal Rumble winner going on to challenge for the Intercontinental Belt at WrestleMania? <laughs> I feel like we've given this one pretty good service already. Um, uh, maybe. But what are your thoughts here? Anything else you want to add on Dream going after the North American Championship? Um, I, I I agree, Will. I think that it does feel a little weird. Um, but at the same time, I don't know. I, again, I think that there there might have been something about him just having a match with Champ in in kayfabe. No, we don't have a good explanation for it. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Out of kayfabe, obviously, he just had a a championship match with Champa. Uh, going back and doing it again would be uh, like double dipping. So it doesn't make any sense to have him go after Ciampa. But you're right. The logic doesn't seem to be there for why he would go after Gargano unless they build some reason why the North American Championship is on somehow the same level as the NXT Championship, which wouldn't make a lot of sense. Right. Or if they build some sort of feud, like some reason why Dream has a grudge against Johnny Gargano. And that was not established on this show, which is too bad because it, it does lead to questions like these, which are legitimate questions as to why would somebody do that? I could totally see The Miz winning a Royal Rumble one year and going back and getting his Intercontinental belt, though. So to put that out there. Um, but I agree. Well, the, the it's Miz, a little bit the Miz, lackluster. Hold on. The, you had the point there. The Miz has a direct connection to the Intercontinental title. He sure. thinks that's his title. For him, it's more important than the, than the big titles. And it makes sense why that's the case because he's established that that's his title. He has a personal connection to it. So if they sure. had that was to do with the dream, that would make sense. Our next question comes in uh, from Kenny Ashton. Thank you guys for your questions again. Universal title match is set for WrestleMania. Is it? Is it? Still there working, will be one. Still, still, there will be one. Still waiting to see any clue on what's happening for the WWE title. Heel versus heel? Or are we stuck with another AJ versus Daniel Bryan match? What do you guys think? Oh, no. Boo. <laughs> We're going to have to watch AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan tear the house down again. I That's wouldn't my call their reaction. match at Royal Rumble tearing the house well, down. Well, sure. Well, sure. I, I, I think this is a legitimate problem that he's got here is that um, we haven't really had any reason to be excited about AJ versus Daniel Bryan other than the fact that it'll be a good technical match. It does, it's not exactly going to light the place on fire as we saw at the Royal Rumble. Now, obviously, like there was mitigating factors like the fact that they had to go right after the Women's Royal Rumble. But yeah, I don't think that AJ and Daniel Bryan is really making people stand up and go, yeah, I can't wait for that. You know, so he has a point there. When it first, um, what happened when it first ha when it first got announced uh, when they when Daniel Bryan first got cleared again, it was straight to AJ Styles pretty much, and we were really excited about that. Yeah, I'm not really sure where things went wrong. If it's just the fact that AJ really hasn't had a good feud in over a year, um, like they've all been kind of lackluster. The, the Samoa Joe one I thought had some good moments, but that was like the highlight of all of his feuds, yeah. which is sad because a lot of those feuds were. Like dream feuds, Nakamura. That was that should have been legendary, but no. 
Uh, dick punches. A bunch of dick punches. Yep. So I don't know. They they still have plenty of time to turn the Daniel Bryan and AJ uh, thing into something good. But so far, with the gimmickry that's going on with Daniel Bryan, which I'm not opposed to, he's doing it well. But the fact that AJ really doesn't have a character that contrasts that with that in any interesting way, I think is part of it. So is there, but is there anybody else to face Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania right now? I don't think there is. I think that's the, you have to have AJ in a title match. We saw what happened the year that he had a match against Shane. Everyone lost their minds and he still had a good match anyway. Um, I think you have to have AJ in the title picture. I think you have to have Daniel Bryan in the title picture. Those they, are the two biggest guys you're going to draw. They sh- on, on SmackDown, they showed it. They, they, put, they brought all the guys out in the Elimination Chamber match. Yeah. The only one that got interest music was AJ Styles, and the yeah. one that was standing tall at the end of it was AJ Styles. And the one that had the promo after the whole thing in the backstage saying he was going to hold the championship forever and no one's going to take it from him was Daniel Bryan. Those are your two main characters on SmackDown on the men's side. Yeah. So, yeah, I think we're stuck with another AJ versus Daniel Bryan match. My hope is that we are excited by it by the time WrestleMania rolls around. I don't think he's going to drop it either because they wouldn't have made that special belt if he was gonna, wasn't going to keep it for a long time. I think you're right. I think you're right. Yeah. So uh, so we have gotten to that point of the show. First of all, thank you guys. Thank you both for uh, giving us questions this week. We really appreciate it. Everybody else, as we said, if you want to give us questions, just head over to Patreon. Drop us five bucks. It's the cost of a Big Mac once a month. You get to ask questions all month long. It's a lot of fun for us, a lot of fun for you, you know. That kind of thing. So the uh, press conference in a- for AEW is going on right now. The sad thing is it's not over. So the biggest announcements probably still haven't happened yet. Well, there's going to be some big thing to finish it out, and we're not going to have it by the end of our show today, unfortunately. So it'll have to be something that we talk about another time. It sucks. But on the upside, there's a lot of stuff that's already happened that is pretty cool. They have announced the ticket release date. Uh, the tickets will be on pre-sale. You can go to their website and sign up. For this pre-sale, they've already crashed their website, by the way. Of course. <laughs> what is that website, by the way? Uh, they don't actually have it listed, and I tried searching for it while we were recording the show, and I couldn't find I it. I haven't been able to find it yet, because I wanted yeah. to contact them for, for press stuff and to get on their I press even, kit. I even went on Facebook, and even on their page, it only it, it takes them to Pro Wrestling Tees. So uh, join our Facebook discussion group. We will post that website as soon as we can figure out where the hell it is. Some people know where it is, because they... They crashed the damn thing. (laughs) Um, So the pre-sale will begin February 11th. That's this coming Monday. This coming Monday will be the the pre-sale if you get onto this uh, pre-sale on the website. And then general tickets will go on sale on Wednesday, February 15th. That's next Wednesday. So real soon. 15th is Friday. uh, The 15th, I said the 13th. Yes. Yes. 13th is Wednesday. That is correct. It's the day before Valentine's Day. Uh-huh. Hope you know that, Nick. Hope, hope, hope what, you know that. What's Valentine's Day? Uh, uh, yeah. Oh, Am I in trouble? Your girlfriend better not hear you say that. <laughs> Other things that have, have happened so far, we had a couple of people come out and announce that they are joining up with AEW. Sunny Kiss was out first. You may know, uh, you may know Sunny Kiss as Exolicious on Lucha Underground. Wonderful, wonderful wrestler. Lots of fun. Uh, so I'm, that's going to be pretty cool. A nice addition, I think. Um, now you have to forgive me, guys. I don't have this pre-written. I'm actually reading this as I go. I'm trying to figure out what the news is as I'm scanning everything. So uh, it's going to be kind of interesting. Sammy Guevara came out to announce that he is not only part of AEW, which we already knew, but that as the World Cruiserweight Champion of AAA down in Mexico, 
AAA will be the other company besides the uh, OEW from uh, from uh, China to be joining up with AEW, joining up with them, and uh, probably a lot of cross promotion. There's a lot of good talent with AAA, so that is good news. Uh, we also had uh, the first match announced, which was Pac versus Hangman Page. We kind of saw that coming from their confrontation at the last press conference, but we did get Pac versus Hangman announced for Double or Nothing. Nice. Uh, we had the Young Bucks come out and introduce the best friends. Beretta and Chucky e. T are now part of AEW. They are all elite. That makes a lot of sense. Um, and uh, they uh, Bucks talked about how they were trying to find good tag team competition for AEW. Uh, and that brought out the Lucha Bros, Pentagon and Ray Phoenix, who attacked the Young Bucks, and it uh, looks like that will be, <laughs> yes! be awesome. That'll, pretty, that'll be awesome. We are going to probably see the Lucha Bros versus the Young Bucks at Double or Nothing. It has not been officially announced yet, but <laughs> I, I think we can, based on this, I think we can pretty much assume it's going to happen, and that is going to be stupid good. Uh, we also have some women's wrestling announcement. Brandy Rhodes came out and uh, she said that uh, they have signed Yuka Sakazaki and uh, someone apparently in the audience was really, really high on that. They've also got Asia Kong to be coming over to AEW. That's huge. Really? That's a big one. Really? Kylie Ray, we knew was going to be in AEW, uh, but Kylie Ray will be going to AEW as well. She showed up at the press conference and then finally she introduced Nyla Rose who you may not have heard before, but apparently she is enormous, five foot nine, hundred eighty pounds uh, from Washington, D.C. And it looks like we're going to be having Kylie Ray versus Nyla Rose based on their interactions at the press conference. So that's kind of cool. Uh, Excalibur has been calling this whole thing. You know, you and I got some love for Excalibur, one of our favorite announcers. Wonder what yes. his involvement will be with AEW. We haven't had any official announcements as to who will be announcing for AEW. Um, finally, where we're at right now in the show, and this is the last information that I have uh, on the show right now, is uh, SCU coming out to reconfirm that they will be uh, at the event, but they will also be having an after party called SCU All Night, which will be hosted by the group. That's the only details we have about the after party. So, yeah, that is, uh, let's see, that is all that we have right now. Uh, oh, they've announced, uh, let's see, there's going to be a six-man match between, looks like, SCU and SEMA and two people that SEMA's got to go find. So, looks like that's another match kind of announced there. Still more news coming out about that in the future. That's where we're at with this press conference right now. I wish we had more of it, but unfortunately, just due to the schedule of when we had to record our show, that's all we got to. So, there'll probably be some huge announcement at the end of the show, Kenny Omega which we will not be able to talk about here, but we will talk about it next week on our show and all the fallout from this uh, this ticket event. Plus, we'll let you know if we're going to be going to the show or not because we'll have our tickets by that point. Yes, absolutely. Uh, if you want to talk more about that, let's talk about more of the AEW press conference over in the Busted Wide Open discussion group as well. So uh, you guys come join us after you listen to the episode, after you watch the press conference. We'll be in there all night chatting about all of these changes and these big announcements. But guys, we're not done yet. We've got just enough time to go through some other news lightning round. Beep, 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 All right, well, sticking with AEW really quickly, I wanted to note that we do also know that going to AEW, announced to go to AEW this week, was Jimmy Havoc. Jimmy Havoc has signed with AEW, so that's one more guy we know is going over there. That happened earlier this week. I already had that in my notes. Look at that. 
Uh, let's see. Sam Roberts de- uh, talked this week about why he got into so much trouble, saying that Bianca Blair versus Shayna Baszler was a waste of a match, specifically referring to Bianca Belair. Uh, he got in a lot of hot water about that. He said that it was it was partly based on the fact that Bianca had actually called him out early, like earlier on a previous pre-show, and he didn't like her tone. But uh, he also said, "quote I stand by the fact that nobody going into that match realistically thought that Bianca Belair was going to come out the NXT Women's Champion, and that is why I didn't think it should have been on Takeover." Uh, so still, all could be a work, but uh, if so, this is some this is some good stuff. Yeah, frankly, because okay. people are genuinely pissed off at Sam Roberts. Doink um, Ambrose. And uh, Doink Ambrose. And uh, it's, it's actually giving a lot of attention to Bianca Belair and giving her a lot of uh, people supporting her as well. Whereas before they were calling her overrated a lot, you're not hearing a lot of that anymore. So if this is a big plan to get her 100% over as a baby face, seems to be working. Seems to be working. Uh, also in the news, Undertaker has removed his WWE affiliations on social media. He's going to AEW. Oh, God, Undertaker to AEW. You heard it here first. No, we're just kidding, of course. Uh, that's that's Undertaker is... You heard it here first. Undertaker's not going to freaking AEW. Good God, he, calm he's down. He's going to Chili's. Yeah, he, I think he's he might be done, done. Done, done, done. No, he's... So the, this is the same thing that Shawn Michaels did. This was pointed out, actually, uh, by, I want to say, X-Pac online. Um, this was pointed out. Shawn Michaels did the same thing, and everyone freaked out when he took all of his WWE affiliations down from all of his social media because he was going off on the signing circuit. And you, if you do that, the way that the contracts work is you can't be affiliated with WWE and go to these independent shows. It's against either the independent shows, or the WWE contracts. It's, it's not legal. So Undertaker has to remove those so that he can go there as an independent contractor and get that signing money. And then later on, he can come back and join back up with WWE anytime he wants. Same way with Shawn Michaels, put all the stuff back when he joined the performance center. So this is literally a non-story. It's, it's not a big deal at all. Undertaker just is going to go get some signing money. Who knows whether he'll be in kayfabe or not. Doesn't matter. Undertaker's going to go out in the circuit. That's all this is. Yeah. Um, talking about legal things, Lucha Underground. They're having some, some problems right now. There's actually two lawsuits against them. King Cuerno himself, also known as El Hijo de Fantasma. You might know him from Impact lately. Uh, he has filed suit against them, saying that they're, the, the contract they have him under is illegal. They're holding him against his will and keeping him from doing performances where he wants to. Uh, also, there's a class action lawsuit, including King Cuerno, Joey Ryan, and Eva Lise. Uh, they all sued Lucha Underground for uh, what they've said was illegal contracts, illegal uh, stipulations in their contracts that are it's keeping them from working for other companies. They're getting paid $4,000 to shoot one season of this show. And then this show, as you and I both know, Nick, Films very quickly, very rarely, once every year, every two years. And that means they can't really go out and get as much money as they want to or get long-term contracts anywhere else because they're stuck under contract to, to Lucha Underground. This isn't the same thing for uh, Pentagon and Phoenix, who have three more years on their Lucha Underground contracts. They're allowed to go work other companies because of how they negotiated their contracts. Or, I don't know, John Morrison, Brian Cage... There's all, you know, so what's the, what I would like to understand about this, and we're not have to break this open now, but what did these guys do different? Did they get negotiate for more money to sign exclusive contracts? I'm wondering, there's there's a rabbit 
that's going to get pulled out of a hat here pretty soon as to how those guys were able to go out and work different things, different promotions, but these guys can't. What it sounded like to me from uh, from reading some of this was that it was just different people had different contracts. And not everyone got as good a contract that so didn't have as much leverage, from what I understand. So, All right. Yeah. Uh, Eva Lisa was even talking about this. We'll talk about this another time. This will be a bigger story another time. We obviously have to get through the lightning round in lightning time. Uh, Katsuya Kitamura, one of the most promising young lions in New Japan, has left New Japan. He was the really, really, really incredibly jacked dude who had the mouth guard with vampire teeth on it. He's left New Japan. He was, he's been out for a few months now with an injury. He's going confirmed. to AEW. That's a kid of to AEW. You heard it here first. Uh, we don't know where he's going. He, he might be done, actually, because his leg was crushed in a scooter accident. So oh, no. There's no. Yeah, it's bad. There's no real word on whether or not he will actually ever wrestle again. But I'm curious where he goes. Uh, he, he's very, he was very charismatic, even though he was just a giant pile of steroids. Um, and he can, <laughs> he can actually work. So, yeah, he's, he's a good wrestler. So I, I actually hope he goes somewhere that can use him well. And that he is able to actually get back to work because I thought he had a bright future the few times that I saw him mm, in New that's Japan. A shame. Uh, WWE will be going back to Saudi Arabia in May. They confirmed that they will be having another show there. We have no idea what it is. Greatest Royal Rumble 2. Who knows? At the end of the day, Nick, who cares? Screw that noise. Not yep. happy about that. Um, the International Superstar Shakeup has been announced. After WrestleMania, they will be having another superstar shakeup. This one will be international, which I can only assume means that people from NXT UK uh, or other uh, like brands across of uh, all of WWE spectrum will be applicable to the shakeup. We might be seeing all kinds of call ups and moving around of their uh, of their superstars. So Walter to the main roster, what? I don't Walter's one of those guys I genuinely genuinely believe will not be on the main roster schedule you cannot make that guy go around America on their schedule he just doesn't want to do it and doesn't have to so I, I can't see that happening but there's lots of other exciting possibilities certainly Pete Dunn who I will I suspect will have dropped the championship by then coming to the main roster would be one of those uh over in Ring of Honor news Ian Richaboni has re-signed with Ring of Honor for three years and he announced that uh, in addition to re-signing, one of the reasons why he resigned was because Ring of Honor believes in family and his wife is pregnant. He found out his wife is pregnant this weekend. He was given some time off to go be with his wife at this time. So Ring of Honor being very good to Ian Richaboni, which is which they should be because he's fantastic. And congratulations to him on his upcoming young one. Yes. Uh, and talking about announcements, announcers being signed, Pat McAfee, who you may know from the pre-show for TakeOver, and uh, former kicker in the NFL, and just all-around loudmouth. He's officially signed with WWE now. Yeah, I don't know if he was on a case-by-case contract before or what the deal was, but apparently, apparently now he's officially signed. So we'll be seeing more of Pat McAfee around. I ain't mad at that. Uh, I'm not either. He, he sometimes he grates on me, but I think that's his gimmick. And it's, it's pretty funny, actually. Yeah, it is. So. Uh, finally, SmackDown Live this week, the lowest rating ever for SmackDown Live on the USA Network. Lots of reasons for that, possibly the State of the Union address, uh, but uh, yeah, not looking good, which is too bad. SmackDown's been pretty decent lately, at least compared to Raw. Raw's but, still not uh, doing good. They're, they continue to plummet in their ratings. I wonder if it has anything to do with the fact that they said that we were going to get uh, a new era, and it's basically this more of the same with more authority. 
Is it, you think that's why it might be, Nick? New authority. I mean, new era. No. no we, did we say new era? We meant new authority. That, new that's what we meant, guys. We meant more authority. Yeah. More, more authority. More authority. More authority. Oh, man. Well, guys, that's our show this week. Lots oh, by the way, wait. Stop, oh, stop, whoa, stop. Miss, stop, what? stop. Oh, oh, breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Kenny Omega to All Elite Wrestling. What? He just showed up, and sure enough, Kenny Omega just showed up at the All Elite Wrestling press conference. Uh, and, uh, let's see, it looks like we're going to have Jericho versus Omega at double or nothing. Oh, we're definitely going. Omega, Kenny Omega and Jericho started a fight on the stage and, uh, yeah, it looks like, all right. It looks like we're having, uh, that's the end. That was the big one. It was sure enough. Kenny Omega shows up. looks like we're teasing a feud with Jericho. Omega versus Jericho confirmed. AEW Double or Nothing. We got all the news from Double or Nothing in. If y'all reached this part of the show, congratulations. Thank you for joining us for yes. this long. We got all the news in in time, Nick. We got it in. Uh, sorry for running a few minutes over, but I feel like that was worth it. Guys, come join it. us in Facebook. On Facebook, I should say. not in. Fa- How do you be in Facebook? Come join us on Facebook in the Busted Wide Open Discussion Group. Just send us a join request. We'll get you in as soon as possible. I don't know. You, you, can, be, you can be in someone's DMs, right? I can be in your DMs. You can't be in someone's Facebook? Ew. I don't know these things. I'm Ew, an old no, man. D- never say that again. That was nasty. Oh, sorry. And no, 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 no. Sorry. Go ahead. Uh, come join us in the group so that you can be part of the live chats that we do during every pay-per-view. Those are a lot of fun. We've done one for Rumble now, and we're going to do a new one for uh, Elimination Chamber coming up not this weekend, but next weekend. Be sure to get in so you can be a part of that because that's the only place to do it. We're also on Twitter at BWO Podcast, YouTube at youtube.com slash C slash Busted Wide Open. And if you love us and want to support this show, there's two ways to do that. One, leave us reviews. Word of mouth. It's the best way to get us uh, get us out there uh, without having to spend money. If you'd like to donate to the show and contribute to the furthering efforts of getting us back live again very soon, which we're trying to accumulate gear to do, you can head over to patreon.com slash BWO. One time, throw a couple of bucks in the tip jar just to say thanks or sign up for one of our awesome reward tiers, 5, 10, 25, 50. There's all kinds of cool rewards that you can find to interact with the show a lot more. But I'm Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at Data Center Dude. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Sir Ian Dangerous. But by God! Somebody stop the damn match! This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.